This episode of Reality Quest is brought to you by George Clooney's own personal brand of Casamigos Tequila. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> anyways, welcome back to yeah. episode three of Yay. Reality Quest. Yeah, we're not <laughs> sponsored by George Clooney. <laughs> I wish. But George Clooney, if you're listening, hey, we'll take you know. it. <laughs> um, but we were basically sponsored by Matt Chacon. <laughs> <laughs> he totally brought a bottle of this of Casamigos tequila to the episode. That's right. Recording. So. Yeah. And it was awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. He was like, I heard we're partying and we were like, hell yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I think it was just for him and we were like, sure, we'll have some. Um, but yeah. So, okay. This episode is Matt Chacon. And we shared some tequila, which was freaking amazing. Um, because of that, there are a lot of tangents. No, I don't think it was because of the tequila. <laughs> no, but... no, we just had, it was a great conversation with Matt. Right, a great yeah. conversation. Uh, heads up, there are a lot of tangents and giggles. We're cutting like a lot of the beginning of the conversation, which honestly, it's just like, we didn't feel right forcing everyone to listen to three hours of yeah, us. Yeah. And it, it, I feel like the recording was actually closer to four, but we just spent a lot of time going through his background. Yeah. Uh, leading up to more of the VR type stuff. Right. So, okay, let's backtrack. Who is Matt if you don't know him? Um, so he's an awesome dude and human, first and foremost. Absolutely. Uh, but he is the CEO of Doghead Simulations. Yes, What's Doghead Simulations, you ask? Uh, Doghead Simulations is the developer of an application in VR called Roomy. Right. It's a platform. A, yes, a VR platform. They originally were built for um, enterprise collaboration, so save money from sending people around the world and mm -hmm. have them meet in virtual reality. Now they've pivoted to focus more on education um, and enabling people from all over the world that can't actually access an in-person class to get a better education through virtual reality. Yeah, that's right. So they're still doing a lot of collaboration. They're mm. also, as you said, doing education. Mm. I think I recall they do defense work. Yeah, yeah. They work with the government or a lot of governments, actually, not just the United States. Right. And they also do conferences Yeah, as yeah. well. And, and uh, some work within conferences. And mm. so, again, it's a platform where people can collaborate and work together um, that's yeah. used in all of those ways. Matt has a very interesting background of how he got into all of this. And I will tell you, we spent like a ton of time talking about his yeah. background <laughs> as well as all the tangents related if for any reason uh, you don't like having fun, then <laughs> you can fast forward to like halfway through and try and, and you'll get more of the VR focused stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, just trust me, it's worth the wait. Uh, just listen to the whole thing and yeah, you'll yeah. understand more of what we're talking about uh, towards the end. And it's just part of Matt's whole story. Yeah, his um, whole persona or archetype. He is a very unique individual. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And Matt also has, because of all the work he's done in VR and because of the person that he is, he has some amazing insights about the industry in general, how he has become so successful in the past few years and where he thinks it's all headed. And mm -hmm. he is making the case that we will all be waking up and the first thing we'll do is go into VR and that will be the last thing we do before bed at night. Yeah. But, but hear me <laughs> out that that will 
in turn make us closer to our loved ones. Yes, that in the end of at the end of the day, it will ultimately bring us together. Yep, and yeah. literally, physically, not within headsets, and that it will enhance our lives. So you'll have to listen to find out all the details there. Yeah, that um, and many more things. Uh, yeah. Uh, one more plug, Shirt Cockers comes back. Anyone? Oh, yeah, episode yeah, yeah. One? Episode one. You got to go back and watch. There's a quick reference to that because turns out Matt is one. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, what else? Secret Anything else, poo. Jay? No, I think that's it. I mean, we, we get into all kinds of cultural references and whatnot. It's just a fun conversation. Really yeah. awesome human being. And uh, yeah, yeah, we should just dig right into it. Yeah, just a good time. All right, let's do it. People do the the craziest things in like VR experiences in particular that like you would never expect when you're like building the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a, we have our customers use our product for all kinds of shit, and we're like, I had zero idea that that was even possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I don't even you know how did you do this, and why are you? Can you please hop on a you know in a meeting and let's like, let's, let's find out what you're doing. <laughs> Like, please educate me. That happens. That literally like, happens. That's not even how the physics work in this world. And you are somehow. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? This, I love hearing stuff like that. Oh, my God. And I do want to get to that. Wait, we digress so hard. Um, yeah. Okay. So I want to well, reel it back and go back to. Your progression. Back to, yeah. Because yeah. we were talking about um, how you love Twilight and, and then you moved to Seattle. Misquote. That's a misquote. So you got really into singing. And then you journeyed to Seattle. Yeah. Were you like yes. a grungy dude when you, when you moved here? <laughs> I was. was that what, was your, what was your level of grunge? Yeah. Scale, what was your level of Oh my God. That's a good scale. Were you grunge level? I like that. That's and also, good. is goth and grunge, how, oh my God, and so how much did those intersect? Like, what's your goth grunge graph? Ooh, <laughs> we were very. <laughs> graph yeah. Graph. Yeah. Are they, um, are those intersecting lines? That's a good question. Do, yeah. Is yeah, it like a Venn converge? diagram? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a convergence oh. there? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because I, like, I, I feel like it would be an economy of scale. I feel if you're if you're like a particularly like punky goth, then yeah. you like have inherited some of the grunge culture, and you could be a particularly like dark grungy person. Yeah, and intersect with the goth. You totally could of, if you were like a goth, like the goth king. You know what I mean? Like in the little in the clique, king you're of the, the goths. king of the goths in your high school clique, and then you have the. Yeah king or queen of the grunge in your high school clique, yeah. those two will meet. Oh, yeah. And they will be super cool with each other and then and, and the two groups. But it's like mixing groups of friends. Like, yeah. how often do you do that? Those you know, are sometimes weird, like, you do it, sometimes you don't. Those are like, gray areas, yeah. It's a Venn crossover and you like interrelate a little bit. You're like, well, we've got some stuff in common. It's tough. Yeah, <laughs> it is it's tough. tough. Yeah. Like the, uh, I, I definitely was part of like the emo and scene kid crowd a little bit like i dabbled in that i don't see you being emo oh so oh I, my I god look at his hair come on well, okay i see it in the I hair did. i think uh, yeah. the scarf is throwing me off weren't you playing uh death cab when i walked in no uh, yeah I, I did love death cab oh god Trans okay i can so totally good. see that's it that's a actually. great album oh yes. my god so good. i think i i do see it i think it's that the scarf throws me off <laughs> A little bit. I'm not wearing cut off like, fingerless gloves yeah. anymore or like the, the black or like thermal maybe the shirt lack with like of a white eyeliner. Yeah. No. Yeah. Did I, you wear eyeliner? Uh I did try it a few times and I also tried straightening my hair uh a few times. And I also had my girlfriend's pants at one point. 
like the black skinny jeans. Oh my jeans. god, I love yeah. this image. <laughs> <laughs> you would have chucks, dude. Chucks. Oh my god, you would have killed in like the eighties, like like uh, big hair bands. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. wearing your girlfriend's clothes and go rock out on stage with oh, a yeah. music background. Yeah. yeah, but like I was also like in wrestling and did theater and was in orchestra. So like I was all over the place. Yeah, you were a Renaissance man. That's what we call <laughs> yeah. that. Well, and yeah. Well, and you were in wrestling. I mean, the you know Jay, that's a totally Jay different Warren Silvis. Jay Warren. <laughs> yeah, exact. Come on, boom, right there. Yeah, you're on a path. Yeah, my easy friend. transition into WWE. <laughs> you right. are, I'm can the wrestler we talk with more like about intense. That? Yeah. <laughs> the intense guy liner like, oh, and the gosh, fingerless like, gloves. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like angry awesome. raccoon eyes. <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. This is totally happening. Oh, Anywho, yeah. So, on a level, on a level of, on a scale of, on a scale of one to ten, oh, yeah, or a yeah. graph of grunge and goth, as you put it. Yeah. What, 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 what were you, you about? What were you about? I was a pretty normal dude, actually. So I grew <laughs> up in. In 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 the ghetto, like I literally grew up in the ghetto, and uh, we were broke as a joke. But um, so I wasn't like I was like you. I was like kind of like Mister Gray Man, you know. I kind of fit into everything, whatever. Yeah. I, all like, the, I will chameleon into. I was cool with everybody. Yeah. I didn't yeah. really care who you were, or what you. I didn't give a shit. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm just like a, we're all human beings. Let's just kind of be that yeah and, like i'll find what is interesting about you yeah. all and interesting about this group yeah like, yeah I get nah. it with everybody that's yeah. just kind of how, how it's in my dna it was cool but yeah. um but i will tell you like as far as my grunge i think it came out in music okay. oh yeah so yeah. i loved like the pixies the cure um all of that kind of like mm -hmm. emo um what am i looking at uh um goth kind of yeah. music yeah, I, okay. I loved all that yeah, but i also yeah. love like all right. So I was just kind of all over the place, you yeah, know, country, yeah. whatever. Yep, like, yep. Yeah. yeah. But it came out in my music. So I, I would say I was like a solid, if I had a, a Scantron test, mm -hmm. I would be a C. <laughs> I would circle C for that question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would yeah, be yeah. right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Jay and I can both identify with that. We're oh, both absolutely. like, we like a lot of different things. And, you know, I feel bad for almost asking the question to make you, force you to identify it. Yeah, because I always hate that question. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, kind of all of the above. Yeah. All of the above. I mean, I, you know, look, I, yeah, like I have like, a, we all kind of have to identify with different things, yeah. whether or not we want to right. at different times. Growing just, up, you just have to like, just because we to, do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just like how our language and brains also, work yeah. too. I feel like the people that you'd start to kind of like build around you in yeah. your community, like they're inevitably going to identify with things. So you, as no, like minded start, individuals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep, you got to yep. start like at least standing your ground on some things, and you're like, okay, I guess these are the pillars of my identity. Exactly, yeah. right? Exactly, my, my community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just be cool. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 I what I'm that. about. I want to cool. know what your grunge identity was. It's zero negative. <laughs> Seriously? Negative. Come on. But, I don't well, no, I have something to add. So. I was, if anything, well, I was an athlete and I would have mm. fallen, if I had to fall into some sort of group, I feel like it would be like a, not, not preppy, but definitely not preppy. I hated the kind of preppy culture, but I feel like it was something somewhere along those lines, um, just because I was like an athlete and like kind of identified with like a lot of different groups, yeah. but mm -hmm. I cared about school. I care, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I was, a, I was a good student and a good person yeah. and, um, and all of that. And I wasn't very risky or like it, with my identity, I would say, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
um, my boyfriend is older than me and he grew up like we actually a lot of our first conversations had to do with him like telling me about the 80s and like we actually so which is Good kind of a weird thing to say like, but, yeah well like he he we would carpool together that was how we got to know each other we would carpool together to to work mm-hmm. um essentially and uh he would play a lot of like the cure and things like that mm-hmm. um or like new order yeah, yeah uh and i just i would say when i was younger and they played 80s music on the radio i didn't like it because they're like constantly playing the was, same was, aha song yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. and like you just how like how many times did you hear journey or yeah, yeah you just hear poppy, the same stuff yeah. over and over again you don't have the context and i feel like what he gave me was a different experience with the music, also just more exposure to the music. And then just by telling stories or talking about stuff, I feel like I started to envision what it was like and why that music was cool at that time and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it makes such a difference. And so now I would say my uh, my goth grunge score or whatever is much <laughs> higher. In fact, he like belongs to goth clubs and started introducing me to those. And yeah. I think they're so fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're kind of bizarre. And actually, because he's from Florida, what's bizarre is that Seattle's actually not that good at goth clubs. But Florida is like amazing. Really? Florida. Yeah. Huh. <clears throat> and so I think it's because yeah. I think that's golf, why. Makeup I running that, all the time. The I think that because the culture there is so much like the beach and stuff mm. that people need the it's opposite. It's a strong counterculture mm. movement. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's, Bingo. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so they have like some really famous golf clubs there. Mm. And I'm telling you, like I he showed me one. and I was just like, I've never seen anything like this. It was really wow. cool. Yeah. yeah. That is. So I feel like every time you get a strong cultural movement um, or like identity in an area, you always find a really strong anti-culture yeah. there too. Yeah. So like here in Seattle, I feel like that's the like tech sort of bubble that has blossomed here has almost strengthened the resolve of the like grungy anti-tech totally. uh, community yeah, of people yeah, totally. that, that still exist here and yeah. kind of grew up in that. Yeah. That's a good example. Right. I thought you were going to go with like, since it's cloudy here, the oh. counterculture would be like <laughs> all the people who dress as though it's not cloudy and cold. You know, like, like all the people I'm like, oh, are you going to the beach on this 40 degree cloudy day? <laughs> I'm going to go surf in my like two inch thick wetsuit. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it goes five degrees up. Everyone's like in their flip flops and stuff. I'm like, dude. Oh, no. yeah. Like 60, if it's sunny, like if it's like 58, it's like if you got a convertible, tops down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see that all the time. Yep. yep. People yeah. dress like they're going to Coachella yeah like, I know <laughs> like what is going on yeah totally yeah like let me put on my duster and still. wear it outside yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyways um okay You'll so catch your death so, yeah so how did you how did you you moved here obviously um mm. as inspired by like all the the grunge and just yeah. the Seattle yeah. vibes how old were you then I was 25 okay so okay. I just my help start a company we just IPO'd and I was like okay bye Felicia yeah. from Arizona it was literally I think at that time when uh, Friday yeah that was from the movie Friday and that was back then we were saying it back then and it's just popular yeah. I don't know if it's still popular it, it came back was. Yeah, it, it did back. come back honestly yeah. I didn't know what it was from Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. it was a thing movie I was like Friday. it's probably from a YouTube thing it's <laughs> some YouTuber <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it was cool so I, I moved out here and uh, just got totally immersed in the culture loved it love 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 yeah. Seattle and yeah uh, yeah. So you were already in sort of that tech community um, through Big the company time. from Arizona. And then when yeah. you moved here, you also had that in your blood already. Yeah, I actually moved up here to help start up another company. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, it was... New um, opportunity. It's also my narrative. You know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. all got a personal narrative. And yeah. it's like, I was tech. Yeah. Uh, 
I didn't have a college degree. You know, I was yeah. too fucking poor to go to college, so started a company yeah. <laughs> instead. <laughs> You're just like you started a company like yeah. when so that was the first thing you did was start did. a company. Uh, well, you to didn't be think fair. like, hey, let me go, let me go Graduated interview and try to, yeah, yeah. I did try that actually. Okay. I did. I legitimately tried to. So this is all like pre-internet. Yeah. Right. There was no, it didn't exist pre dot com. Pre dot com. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, just, it was just like a sparking. It's just yeah. Just, yeah. And uh, yeah. So what I I did do that. I didn't. Like I said, like we were too poor. I mean, I like school, but school did not like me. And yeah. so, you know, I didn't even know what an SAT was. Like I went to a, you know, oh, not the greatest school. thought it was like an STD or something. Yeah, I was like, no, it's not for me. That, yeah. No, thank, no you, thank you, sir. I don't want any of that. I do not want that. ACT, yes. I went to health class, yeah. my good man. I am, school taught me better than this. That's right. So I did not attend Mama that said, day. always avoid the SAT. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I wish they did say that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that dissimilar. Are they? Are they? Are they interesting? No, they're not. They're just not like Twilight. I can't oh, wait to see the how S- this ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I could definitely do without the SATs. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, what, what about the STDs? Also, do without. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a whole other topic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> like, well, you You're know. Like, well, let yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Um, no. Yeah. So I, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I was interviewing. Didn't yeah. have a college degree. I got laughed out of like interviews, you know, like yeah. literally I got laughed out of an interview because I didn't have a college degree. What were you telling people when you were going to these interviews? And you you were already out of high school, like I was trying out- to target tech. So what type happened? Stuff? Yeah, what happened was this. Like, um, yes. So I was out of high school, uh worked for four and a half years. Uh so I graduated at 17. And worked for four okay. and a half years out of high school in like really shitty jobs. Like I didn't have a, any, I had zero skills. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I was four and a half. No, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. I worked for a year and a half. Sorry, long, long, long time ago <laughs> uh, in like really shitty jobs. But what mm-hmm. happened was uh, back in those pre internet, so I would go to yeah. Arizona State University, it was 45 minutes from my house, and they had a turnstile of like job, app, like printed out job applications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would literally go, turn this physical turn. I would just like walk in to, I don't even know, whatever, wherever it was, yeah. the job center. And uh, and I would just look at like which jobs I wanted mm-hmm. and I would take every single printout that they had. Mm-hmm. So that nobody else would go to it? No one else would go to the other. <laughs> and I was constantly the only like, dude showing up. We keep getting one applicant. Yeah. Like what is happening? I'm pretty sure that's why people would, you know, my home phone would <laughs> ring and... It was the only one. Yeah. And I would go in and I remember I've interviewed for this job at a... As uh, so, I taught myself how to program. That's the thing. I was like, I, oh, yeah. okay. I went to, I don't even remember the bookstore. It might have been Barnes Noble. They had literally had one book on program one. Yeah, and the entire books are one. Where did you Where did you hear? Like, what inspired you to do that? I've always been into computers. I was such a big okay. nerd, you know, growing okay. up. And so like, uh, did you have a computer or? in the house? Uh, not for a long, long time. So yeah. I'm not at all exaggerating. I literally want. I want a computer so bad. We were too poor to buy yeah. one. Asked for one every Christmas, couldn't afford. I didn't understand, you know, until I got older, like the value of money. Like, yeah. oh, these things <laughs> yeah. are pretty damn expensive. <laughs> yeah. Most of us yeah. I asked for like, two- but mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mom, mom, mom. <laughs> I asked for an R- a remote control helicopter and a computer. Never yeah. got them, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were so expensive. <laughs> and so I, um, but I would like program. So I, I was, I taught myself basic by writing down like go-to statements on a notepad. Nice. Like, that's what I did. Yeah. I didn't have a computer, no keyboard. So I was like, oh, I'm going to write it down. It'll come in handy one day. Uh, anyway, fast forward, I ended up, I, I got a, um, uh, a job delivering. I was a paper boy. 
delivering mm. papers oh, nice. for like on a bike. Yeah, like on, on a bike, <laughs> nice. and I saved up my money. I bought a I bought a computer, oh, bought a Commodore. Awesome. Yeah, and then Atari. A Commodore was it the sixty four? Yep, oh, Commodore sixty four. Yeah. Awesome. Computer. I wish I sold those things today. Those are so badass. <laughs> anyway. You ever been down to the Living Computer Museum? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say they've got like yeah. that and a bunch of other. I'm taking a there. brick down there tonight. <laughs> You'll bust it out. You'll liberate me a Commodore 64. <laughs> like, good thing this isn't being aired for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It wasn't me. I'll wear gloves. Right. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Like in the news. It'll be fine. I'll wear mask and gloves. Uh... Yeah. And so I. Uh, anyway, I ended up buying that. I taught myself how to program, and I just was like a voracious reader. So I read every single book I get my hands on. So I just yeah. taught myself. I didn't learn it in high school. I taught myself physics and like differential calculus and stuff. And, and I applied for a job at Intel and I got it. And so yeah. I was, um, one of the things I did at Intel nice. was I taught transistor device physics at uh, Chandler Fab 6 facility. In, so I taught a, like, a, like a course yeah. on okay. NPN transistors and PNP transistors and, uh, you know, growing, growing transistors on a silicon substrate. And I, yeah. I literally taught that class to people much older than me. And I went to my, they hired me. I was shocked that yeah, they hired yeah. me. How did they hire you to teach I, that? So I was, this is how they, they taught me. I, before my interview, yep. I, so first of all, I freaking lied on my resume. <laughs> Like I built up the world's <laughs> biggest straight up. straight up like I was like there's no internet there's no googling of people yeah no backgrounds so I was like grew there's the biggest piece of BS and here's <laughs> why like, I did you're it like I'm legitimately Spanish oh yeah I'm legitimately Spanish I'm literally <laughs> Spanish literally, <laughs> literally yeah I'm literally, I'm literally Spanish. Spanish that was the first line that was the very first line yeah. I am like ten on a on the grunge scale yeah you, you read my resume yeah it was great it was great it was great. Yeah, Matt, keeping it real. That was my yeah, sweet answer. All that. Yeah, so I, I, I went in for it. But I saw this interview on actual television with mm-hmm. the rabbit ear antennas where Whoopi nice. Goldberg was on like Oprah or something. It was on the middle of the day. I don't know what I was doing at home. Probably skipped school that day. And uh, Oprah... Or somebody was interviewing her, and, and they asked Whoopi Goldberg, like, what's the secret to your success? And she just, like, leaned in, and she says, lie. <laughs> Bullshit. Lie. And so that's what I did. It's like, like, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you yeah, make it, basically. Yeah. And I got the job. Oh, wow. I did really well. I worked my ass off to keep that job. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, anyway, so, you know, earned trust. Yeah. So yeah I eventually you, earned trust. They didn't yeah. give it. They Get didn't your care. foot in the door, and then, like, they didn't make care. it happen. <laughs> yeah, they did not care that I didn't yeah. have it at all. So, um and then I remember going to my boss and I said, my, my boss was on vacation. Sorry, I went to my boss's boss. And, I, and my buddies were starting up this computer company. They needed money to buy a computer because it was $3,300. And it was a king's wage back then. Mm. And uh, <laughs> still is today for you know, yeah. many, yeah. many of us. Yeah. And so um, I, uh, I went to my boss's boss and I said, hey, I want to do this thing called CBT, computer-based training. I, wanna, uh-huh. yeah, I can program in basic, visual basic. I want to mm. take all my you know, transistor device physics courses and put them online. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's this cool company called Netscape. And Ooh. pretty soon, like in a couple of weeks, they're going to release this thing called JavaScript and tables. And trust me, it's going to change the face of the oh. world. And he looks at me and he goes, Chacon, the internet <laughs> is going to be the ham radio of the 90s. He, go, he <laughs> goes, it's going nowhere. Oh, And I wow. quit. I quit that day. Oh, I just walked out. I was like, "All right, this is not for <laughs> like, me." Fuck this. There's, yeah, you're not, you don't see anything in this. He was not uh, visionary enough, and yeah. so I was like, "All right, man, I'm out." So, uh, helped my buddy start up a little website development company, and three okay. years later, we had a sixty-three million dollar IPO. Okay, so you're Crazy. like, they don't believe in it, so I'm just gonna go with my friend. I'm gonna do it. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And I have so many questions about that, but the first one is, what is a ham radio? 
Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I only I mean, I I was kind of a, like a, a techie growing up a little bit. So like yeah. I know about it from that, but I also studied like signals intel for right, a while. Right. So like that's the other reason I know anything about ham. But yeah, what like what how do you Because I'm imagining a radio mm. in the shape of a ham. Everyone's like, it's, it's gonna literally be the next with an antenna big sticking out of yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Antenna spam yeah. ham radio. It's awesome. It's like the it's hamburger you, phone. It's when you strap a radio onto the side of a pig. <laughs> ham radio, that's great. Uh, oh, that's so what does HAM stand for? What is, oh, what is what? H-A-M. H-A-M. I have that, no idea. I assume it's... Okay. You're asking the wrong guy. That's just, That was told to me. Got it, we didn't got have it. a conversation the, about right, ham radios. Well, but it's like, Ooh. here's what a ham radio is. A ham radio is like uh, some old dude, like your grandfather, <laughs> wearing like a flannel shirt in his basement. Like, And he's got like a bunch of like old equipment in the corner. Yes. And yes. like an antenna on the house. Yes. And he's like trying to talk to people over in Ohio. Exactly. Like the or like Germany. You know, like yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's I crazy. You, you could yeah. bounce it around the world. Yeah. Um, Although so a ham radio, you is... you need to know someone with a ham radio because not if, but when the zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> yeah. you need to be best friends with that person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think maybe in Stranger, the newest Stranger Things season, they use a ham radio. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it was. It used to be really common in like cop cars, in the police yeah. force, in like trucker, truckers would yeah. use ham radios yeah. to talk back and forth all the time. Yeah. Um, I guess We're it was saying just... ham, not hand, right? Ham. ham. Yeah, ham. Like okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> not like, talking about walkie-talkies. Yeah, like like potted <laughs> or roast ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, okay. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right, cool. So anyways, <laughs> <laughs> now that we have that out of the way, we die, we die I have my Wikipedia reading for the week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Completely useless. Maybe you should, come you should go Boston. ham on that history. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. that was disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> you should leave. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> you can do the rest of the episode. Anywho, <laughs> so what the heck was that company? What were you guys doing? So it was um, a tiny little website development company, but we ended up getting purchased by a larger company started by this guy named Joe Firmage. The company was US Web, US Web Corporation. Okay, US Web was a well, not really. It wasn't really anything. It was just this guy mm. who had raised a bunch of money and said, "I'm gonna go purchase a bunch of tiny little website development startups, studios." Hmm. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, stu- yeah we we're a studio. We we're a legitimate studio, and yeah. we literally had like, you know, I get questions still now from venture capitalists, like, "What's your secret sauce?" And I'm like, "Well, if I fucking have it, you're not gonna know it. Like, yeah. give me some money, and I'll tell you. Like, why yeah. would I tell you my secret sauce?" <laughs> yeah. So uh, we we had none of that. But what yeah. we had was a cool idea. Everybody wanted to go quote unquote dot com back then. Yeah. And uh, we were just really good and we could crank out websites. I personally built Wells Fargo's very first website ever. Whoa. Uh, really? Yeah. And uh, mm. yeah. And um, it was a brochureware site we used to call them back then. And, but yeah, so we just a brochure website so that they knew what it was. You're like, it's a brochure. It's just on the, it's on, the, it's <laughs> yes. digital. Yeah. It's basically yeah. just like a PDF for a website. No, well, I mean, no. essentially, like, that's what it was. Okay. It wasn't a PDF, but it was. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's like a language it's so just, people can understand. Yeah. Super like, flat. What's it like? Because they can't think of it, probably. 3D spinning world with the word email. Yeah, you're like, yeah. around it, you know, like that kind of shit. It's like yeah. your brochure. Yeah, it's like your brochure, there. but it's yeah. online. Yeah. With dot com. Ooh, dot com. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, um, we ended up picking up, we just built websites and we did them yeah. really good. We yeah. did them better than anybody else in Arizona. And we did them fast. We gained market share. That was our success. Like rapid, rapid market share. And um, so we owned like all the sports teams, like the Arizona Rattlers, the wow. Diamondbacks, oh, the that's awesome. US, yeah. US yeah. Open or the Phoenix Open, you know, the list went on and uh, like Phoenix Coyotes, it was cool. So 
Yeah, and we um, and we had like legitimate, really talented competition, which was good. Yeah, yeah. Because it proves the market exists. And yeah. anyway, so they evaluated a bunch of companies, mm-hmm. his U.S. Web, and they ended up selecting us. They purchased us for stock, and nice. Like I said, like three years later, we went from one office to fifty-five around the world. Wow. Yeah. And IPO'd and really successfully traded on Nasdaq, and it was it was a cool man. It was a good time. It was it was, it was like you know what it was. Wave. Yeah. I was born at the right time. That's literally what that <laughs> yeah, was. Very fortunate. <laughs> I was just born <laughs> at the right time. Timed it. Mom perfectly. and dad had that special hug, and I was like, Well, Doo-doo. but you, yeah, yeah, you did have the skills though going I did. in. Yeah, yeah. All and that, design. all that reading and coding, not to mention knowing how to balance a bike and throw paper yeah that to me is the yeah. biggest skill i don't understand Balance a bike. Um, can you not yeah. ride a bike it's or we're, we're, this we're is a tough it. subject matt and i honestly yeah, yeah we're working on we're, it it's a work in progress don't worry i'm gonna participate in a triathlon in three weeks and i well, already, are you kidding me i'm not joking and i broke my hand no, i didn't break my hand i just you know pulled a what did i do tear a, a ligament. Ligament. ligament yeah Good for um, you, though. That's awesome. For yeah, riding a bike, not tearing, a not tearing the ligament. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> Way to go. I actually am a little proud of it. It means I was trying. You know how they yeah. say, if you're not failing, you're that's not true. trying. And that's so true. it was one of those moments. That's Anyways, true. that's not, neither here nor there. But yeah, bikes are scary to me. Um, <laughs> but definitely a lot of like advantages that just happen to like fall into yeah. a good progression. For sure. Growing up. But um, what what was your role in that company? You started. You were the CEO, or you co-founded it? Oh or? my god, I was like the head keyboard cleaner, the junior <laughs> marketing intern. Yeah, dual you know, duster. Yeah, yeah, the dual <laughs> duster. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was a development engineer. But okay. what did what did you like the most though? I loved the work. Yeah, honestly, like I loved, like literally, like clicking keys on a keyboard. Yeah, and then seeing them visually what i I was it's like that immediate change and feedback of building the thing it was like that great limbic response it's like falling in love you know you're like oh limbic resonance yeah oh my brain is flooded with endorphins and right yeah but you know it's like building a satisfying super satisfying yeah but it was amazing it was just amazing to me to know that what i am doing is being translated by this machine yeah and then these ones and zeros are you know Zooming around this computer yeah. it, via electrons, and it was just like nuts for me to see that. So I <laughs> yeah. loved that so much, and um, seeing my work. And honestly, like I got super, super high on customers, like smiles. Yeah, yeah. Like seeing people just um, like the eyes and the and amazed, yeah. like the wow factor. That's mm-hmm. really what kind of drew me. But I will say, like I've never, ever, ever been the smartest dude in the room. I've never been like the richest person in the room. Yeah, but. No, like just like the Rock says, I've, I've I was like that guy stole my statement. Yes, the Rock. Yeah, he stole my statement. He, was, he must have seen me talking somewhere. He must have overheard me at a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure of it. But I always said like no one will effing outwork me ever. Yeah. I will outlast you. I will outwork you. I will yeah. never ever ever give up. I grew up in the fucking ghetto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can get out of that. Like you're you trust me. You got nothing on me. Yeah. I, you're not going to win. I will not let you win. Yeah, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's how I got the job. And I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm getting into this by hook or by crook. Doesn't that ever exhaust you though? Because I always felt that way. Like I just worked harder. I wasn't smarter. And at some point you're like, Jesus, I'm tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you have that one moment of clarity in the shower one day and you're just yeah. like, holy crap, I've been like doing this for Well, I think, years. yeah. <laughs> I think I also refuse to believe in some ways. Yeah, it's like that. 
I think it's this weird balance of you don't want to admit in to yourself that you think people are smarter. I don't At mean, least that's how I felt. I mean, everybody's unique. You know, it's, it's cool that you say that. He's got like, you know, different strengths. But, yeah, everybody, yeah. we all have our different strengths and different yeah. weaknesses. It's good to recognize those. But I don't know. It's just my, I don't care. Yeah. I do not care. Like, I will just, yeah. I know I'm a smart guy because, you know, I can you know, put my pants on and walk out the door. You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> smart I, enough to do that. I'm smart enough to do that, you know. <laughs> Although I get one, that far. Well, I, was, I tell you, this, one time I was in second grade and I walked outside with no shoes on and one sock and my aunt, <laughs> Stephanie, who's driving me to school, she looks down and she goes, uh, are you going to put any shoes on? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that would occur to me. <laughs> so, so maybe I'm not you that didn't smart. Know how I'm smart-ish. <laughs> let's, say, let's say that you've grown a lot. I've grown uh, since that experience. Well, yeah. what what made you such a hard worker, though? Do you think? Like, why do you like to work that hard? And was and it important? What makes you feel? It was my dad. Your, okay. Oh, really? It was my dad. 100. percent was my father. He um, he was a copper miner. I said in Marantz, yeah. Arizona, oh, yeah. and you know we were super super poor. And he would come home, I'm not at all exaggerating, literally yeah. covered head to toe in soot, like black. And, you know, he was, you know, this proud Spanish man and he saved, 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 mm-hmm. saved his money. And I remember this. He he said, don't ever tell anyone I'm saving to go to college because they will, they, they will make fun of us and they will ostracize us in this yeah, town yeah. because I'm leaving it. And they know that. Mm-hmm. And one time his coworkers found out. I remember because oh. I was going through, I used to play with his tools and I was going through his tools uh-huh. and it was, a, I won't even rem- say what it was, but it was this, they had, his coworkers had carved a, and he kept this. He, like he, as a reminder? As a reminder. He oh. kept it, it was, a, it was one of, of his just wrenches. just that in hate, like societal adversity It was, too. it was hate. It was, it was a, they carved this oh. horrible thing in, they like, um, I don't know what they like used, but it, it they somehow. etched it. They etched okay. it. They etched it. Roughly etched it into this wrench. Yeah. And I found it, and uh, he and he told me that he said, you know, I come home and I look at myself in the mirror, and I I have to physically wipe wipe the soot off my, you know, the yeah. the dirt off my face, and it takes me an hour to clean. Yeah. And uh, he said, and then I have to clean my body, then I have to clean the shower, and then I have to clean the sink, mm-hmm. and uh, every single day. And he said. Um, he said, but he called me mijo. You know, that means my son yeah, in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. He said, but mijo, that drives me forward. He said, because I, I was crying. I was like, why would their friends do this? And yeah, yeah. he said, they're not my friends. And they just know that I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. So he brought You're us. trying to leave that place. Trying to leave. And so there's all this resentment and, and anger over someone thinking that they can get out of what all those people just assume to be. Like, this is just life. Like, this is just life. Accept it. Embrace it. If yeah. you're trying to get out, you're, you think you're better than us. You think you're better than us. Yeah. And he didn't. And uh, he was just trying to, try, try to provide for his family, quite honestly. But yeah. that's where I got it, his work ethic. And uh, so that, that story kind of drives me. And so he got us. He ended up going to University of Arizona. He moved us to Tucson eventually, went to mm-hmm. University of Arizona, and then got an engineering degree. Then he later he got a master's degree. Still couldn't get a job, actually, because of the really? economy. Right when he graduated, oh. the economy was – so he became a cop. And then mm-hmm. ev- wow. he, he was a cop for a little over eight years. Then eventually he did get – uh, an engineering job and was a very successful engineering, uh, senior engineering manager. I don't know exactly what his title was, but yeah. at John Deere, actually. Oh, okay. And um, uh, I went on a few business trips. I actually uh, interned, interned with him for a summer. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just followed him around. I didn't know what he, I didn't even know what he did. I just followed yeah. him around. He's my dad. You know, he took <laughs> me out for lunch. My dad's work. It was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know I was, do you know what he did now? 
No. No. no, no, no. Oh, no. I love it. No. no, I still don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love know. it. I don't it's like none of us ever know. None of us. Like, they don't know what we do. We don't know what they yeah, do. Yeah, and then well, later yeah. on, you're like, I don't want to ask again. They've told me a million times. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. I've had that awkward conversation with some people, like aunts and uncles. You yeah. know, you're mm-hmm. like trying to get to know them when you are in your 20s or something. And yeah. you're just like, so, uh, what do you actually do? <laughs> You're not just my uncle for a living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, what's your name? Yeah. Is it not like Uncle John? Yeah. What is it? Uncle Jimmy. Exactly. Uncle, uncle Jimmy. What's your yeah, actual name? Yeah. It's a weird reintroduction. Anyways, um That's I that's an amazing story about yeah. about your dad. Well, yeah. What was what about your mother? Um where was she in all this this whole She was a uh, um she so she was she was never a stay at home mom. She also went to work. I, I mean, my sister and I were little legitimately latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. Like, latchkey. Like they sure. back then was this term where your parents were working too poor to hire a babysitter or whatever. So you're oh. alone. Like you do everything. You cook. You clean gotcha. on yourself. You Lock the house when we leave. Kids stay at home. Yep. And yeah. Latchkey. Yeah. That, yeah. Gotcha. Latch and key. And so, um, but she was um, worked at like insurance agencies. Okay. And so. Uh, I know she did that. <laughs> I don't know what her title was, but I know she did that. Yeah. But yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. And uh, we eventually made our, our way to South Central Phoenix, Arizona. Uh-huh. When my dad had a master's degree, could not find a job and grew mm-hmm. up in the ghetto. And yeah. yeah and and uh, but eventually, you know, we, we got out of there and we literally moved to a like a really nice white house in a nice neighborhood and like a literally white house an or actual, a house in a white neighborhood no both both of those <laughs> oh, okay it was both yeah. of those oh, we were very yeah. spanish and mexican and yeah i mean we heard it all like you know uh you know here come the leaf blowers like we heard all that shit kind of growing up <laughs> oh and you know God. what i mean like, yeah like wow. yeah we, we heard all that but yeah. it didn't phase us none of us like we were all like whatever like we're yeah. we're in your neighborhood now yeah. you yeah. know yeah. like you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, we live next door so. yeah exactly <laughs> we live right next door yeah, right so. But it was an actual White House, and we're so proud. We're like, we live in the White House. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I have one sister. She's 18 months older than I am. Okay. Lives in okay. California. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Which is weird, because we came from a gigantic family. Oh. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that did suck, that my dad never wanted to teach us Spanish. Like, we never... Oh, you wouldn't yes. let... Yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. It's an immigrant I, thing. Yeah, you know? I think there's just there's like a, an idea when you I think when they're coming over and get established here and it's like you you have the best interest for your children and you want them to be like raised up and embrace the American culture so yeah. that they can better, uh, you know, like mesh and meld into society here. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of parents almost just they're like, well, we don't want you. We don't want people to think that you're Spanish or Mexican or yes. whatever it is. So like we're not even going to pass that on to you. Yep. And then, and then we end up uh, kind of like washed of that culture after the fact, and like wondering, like, why, why didn't I get to be bilingual growing up? Right. Like, why didn't I inherit these things to identify with? Yeah. And yeah. Then, Did that happen to you? Yeah. Your family? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I didn't. I didn't get it from either side actually, and I don't blame my family for this because again, it's like I understand where they're coming sure. from. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, but like my dad's side of the family, they're all uh, Spanish and Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom's side of the family, at least the side that I was much more connected with, um, they are first generation. They came over from um, Austria. Mm. So like my grandmother and my great grandmother, my whole time growing up, they would always speak German to one another. But they That's never it. like I grew up with my grandmother for the first five years. They never passed that language along. Yeah. I grew up eating the food, but I never like got a window into that. And then on the Spanish side, 
I was separated from them by just coasts. Yeah. Grew up on the East Coast, the white side of the family, and the Spanish-Mexican side were all kind of conglomerated on the West Coast. Yeah. So I'd go see them for reunions, but even even for all of them, all of my cousins, they they all grew up in like white neighborhoods because the the uncles and aunts' parents had intentionally moved them out of the the ghetto or the poorer neighborhoods into more privileged white neighborhoods. Yeah, to get them out of that situation. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. To look it's back a on that. Uh, that's great that they, that they did that, that they were able to, to move ahead, move forward in life. Yeah. Way. Like it's definitely a good advantage to, yeah. uh, to have had like an extra few steps ahead, um, that mm. they gave to us. Yeah. Um, but it's also that juxtaposition with like, ah, oh, well now we lost I some know. of our uh, cultural identity in the process. Too. Have you tried getting it back? Like I, I'm older. in the process. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> Trying good. to now. <laughs> that's good that you can do that. Yeah. I, I'm doing the yeah. same thing. I, I've done the, I'm long past that actually, but, um, yeah, yeah I, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've kind of visited the old stomping grounds, kind of where where the, both families came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to both like hometowns, and I can see yeah. why they left. Quite frankly, <laughs> I would I would have left too. But um, but I'm I'm doing actually. You know what I did recently is I I did uh, ancestry with traits, the DNA ancestry yeah. DNA and traits. I haven't gotten a, yeah. my results back yet. Okay, but Wait, I which just, one is traits? So I've done the ancestry dot com one. Is that what you're talking? And then there's twenty three in me. And then well, what's traits? Is that uh, part of ancestry? It, it, traits is yeah, what they what I bought because it was an Amazon Prime Day special. So okay. I will find out. <laughs> oh, so that's its uh, own thing. It's its own. Okay. Th- so it's, okay. I think what it is, it's like, hey, you have you are um, uh, more not susceptible. What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, you you will have these types of. So you're let's say it like comes diseases, back and say, yeah, oh, so like you have a medical component of, to it. There, there is for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's a medical component, but you have like these types of traits, like. Um, most of your family have uh, blue eyes, black eyes, mm-hmm. or not black eyes, um, hazel or whatever. Well, you yeah. made black eyes, whatever. You know, whatever. And if you marry into these types of of other, you know, whatever cultures, this is kind of what's going to happen. You know. Oh, mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this is what like, you. Can these expect. are the kinds of traits that you will see Correct. come out. Yeah, I believe that's oh. what it is. Yeah, I believe that's Whoa. what it is for like planned. Breathing. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> the, breathing. First, the first place that my mind went with that is like, whoa, okay, yeah. so like you're almost that almost enables you to start thinking about, well, if I was partnered up with this particular person, these are kind of how like mm-hmm. kids would look versus if I partnered up with somebody of a completely different like ethnic background, yeah, or ancestry, yeah, which that's yeah, that opens the door to like almost unconsciously starting to select for sure more. For sure. <laughs> I was a little freaked out about it. And I was like, I've been thinking about it for a long, 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 long time. And I was like, you know, I don't want them to have my DNA. But mm. then I was like, you know what? Who cares? Like, what are they going to do? Clone me? Nobody's going to clone me. Or, you know, what are they going to do with my DNA? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we need to clone Matt. <laughs> yeah, we need to clone Matt. I legitimately need a clone. I, I would be happy for them to clone me <laughs> as long as I could you know, yeah. lease my clone. You could you, I could be nice. benefit <laughs> lease yeah. my clone. If, if I could benefit somehow from my clone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if other me would want to be rented, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a – I think I, – I feel a, a Tom Cruise movie coming up. Here. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is like so weird. Tom Cruise keeps coming up this week. <laughs> it's, so, it's, you're it's talking about Minority Report. Minority Report. What were you guys talking about with the report? Well, we were talking to someone who works for rec room um and how she her history was working with hand gestures for hololens Mm -hmm. uh and how like their initial approach was 
okay, everyone's everyone wants minor, minority report to be a thing, a true thing. Yeah, that scene where he's just like moving, right? Where you're like moving mm-hmm. everything, and she was mm-hmm. like, but in real life, it gets really tiring, so you can't <laughs> your have your gestures that dramatic, you <laughs> yes. know. And I yeah. thought that was awesome. That is, nobody, nobody wants that. I don't think. I think. People ask for a lot of things they think would be great. Yeah. And then once they get there, they're like, yeah, this is not so and great. And you're like, wait, I have to do work? To yeah, do exactly. I have to yeah. raise my I can't arm. Just, I can't just rest my arms on my desk and right. press buttons <laughs> exactly. anymore. Move I have to like fingers. dance to navigate through my browser. Yeah. yeah. That ain't ever happening. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, nobody's going to do that. Everybody <laughs> wants to dance along the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you, you would like love the... it as a flamenco dancer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you would chill with that. I would love <laughs> dancing through. No, but I, I feel like it is kind of a lazy thing. It's like, you know, when all the video games came out, it was like full movement. Everyone's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like actually bringing a Beat Saber once again, it's like that you get the full swing. Like you yeah. get more points. Everyone's like, God damn it. You know, like, <laughs> no, it is fun because you can yeah. be like crazy, but you can't just do the like little hand yeah. jiggle. I think like. I don't think I'd want to be like having to move that much all the time yeah. just to navigate through um, like simple interfaces and things. As your job, like part of your job, no thank you. Yeah, like if, yeah. I, if I was like working in like an architect's or architecture like CAD um, program and having to build models and kind of like do all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff on a regular basis, I don't know that I would want to have to stand up in the middle of a room and just constantly be like sitting there. Yeah. While, I mean, but I don't know, maybe that would be fun. It'd be like sculpting uh, yeah. in, in, in AR. I think it comes down to task specific, right? So yeah. you don't want to have to do that just to open up like a word document, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I got to freaking yeah. like bounce around. It's like unrolling know. the scroll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although yeah. I'm writing that down. That's a good idea. <laughs> Next it would feature. be rewarding. It's like, what is rewarding? It's that balance, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but then you have to read it like, Today yeah. at Doghead, yeah. you know, like you're announcing. Totally, in- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you Jeez. do your text to chat? Yeah. Is that, See, is that, that's that is the worst. Maybe that's why I'm. I wish is that how your morning could... stand-ups work? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would <laughs> like better. Well, there's so there's text to chat, but there's also sorry, chat. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> text to chat. Yeah. Just, 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 te- just text it to us. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I just it. type, and the computer talks for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which like <laughs> you're like using like the MS voice renderer. That's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're like, well, you hello everyone. This okay. is <laughs> welcome to the stand-up. Right. I have to say though, I'm very upset that voice voice um messages yeah. are not a bigger thing. Because, mm. for instance, like, we leave voicemails – or, sorry, video messages or voice messages. Like, yeah. we leave – voicemails was a thing, and people, like, that became annoying after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I do like that I discovered – I've only found it on Skype is you can literally leave a video message now. Did you know this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like oh. – Yeah. So, like, I've accidentally pressed that button trying to call someone. <laughs> <laughs> Because it looks the same. The interface is not great, oh, Skype God. team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Skype team. But yeah. like, seriously. So, but then I discovered through that mistake that you can record like your, you know, you can just like say, hey, how's it going? And then like send that message. And I guess yeah. there's no difference between just 
taking a video of yourself and sending it to someone, but mm-hmm. it does feel different. And I don't know why, but I always have fun doing that. Like if I'm trying to all like Skype with a friend, if we're working on video stuff together and uh, if he's not around or he's like, I'll be right back and leaves for like way too long yeah. and it's sketchy. <laughs> I leave a voice message just like singing to him, like, where'd you go? You know, and I feel like there's now? something really funny about that. So I always wish that that and like doing voices, like you said, if you could do that, because mm. your, your whole voice to text and it takes away any cool voices that you would do. Like if yeah, you're there, opening there a scroll, is, there's it does. rich information and just like feel lost yes. in that transition. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 contextual. It loses all that. Yeah, contextual right. dialogue. Any it, sort I, of inflection. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will say, um, uh, like Elbert. Period. Can you remind me to quote say yeah. you know what? And I literally <laughs> will talk like that yeah. on voicemails now. Oh. oh, I'm like, God, son of a oh, bitch. Oh, no. You're like, oh, I'm using the robot voice yeah. again. So, like, yeah. I'll, I'll do, like, a WhatsApp voice, mes- voice yeah, message yeah. to someone, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and yeah. I'll literally talk like a robot to them. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ. They're just like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, yeah. have you lost your mind? But you know what I do? Like, I hate video chats. I hate them. Really? With a, yeah. I hate them with a passion. I cannot stand them. So much bandwidth, you yeah. know, and it's like then the audio quality packets get lost. It's such a I, it gets yep. frozen. Yeah, like it gets frozen all frozen all the occasionally time. gets pixelated, and you're just like, oh god, I oh, hate uh, them. Yeah, it's I like that. There was face. that funny YouTube video that came out where they re they like acted out mm-hmm. a bad. Video con- yeah. video it's meeting. Com- it's called a conference oh. call in real life. Have you Everybody ever seen this, Jay? It sounds like you know what I'm talking no. about. Yes. Oh, amazing. It, it is awesome. hilarious <laughs> because they will do stuff so like they'll be like beep and they like enter the door, but yeah. then that person will disappear again. They're like, he's here. <laughs> and they're like, he's here. And they're like, where'd Joe go? No, he was just here. He just yeah. entered. Oh, we must have lost him. You know, and, and he's he like, like, oh, no, 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 I've been here the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had my mic off. Yeah. It totally. It's exactly that. Yes. It's so brilliant. It's literally called like somebody just freezes. Because yes. their frame is stuck. Right. And you're just like, Pretty much. Joe, yeah. Joe, can you hear me? Where, like, where'd, you, where'd you go? Yeah. Oh, crap, we lost Joe. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. what were you yes. saying 20 yeah. minutes ago? That's, it's amazing. That's like when you and I try and talk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what I have taken to do, I, I so there's a small, I found I found these. I don't know how, they're so old. But there's there's a um, store called Spencer's in the mall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it yeah. has all the like funny toys and weird tricks pop and culture. Yes. It's just like it is a huge yeah. pop culture store. Right? Do they still have it's them? like the they still have it's those like stores. The, it's oh, like I don't know. The I don't know. Emo, dark, and kind of like punky pop yeah. culture stuff. Right? But on Halloween, they would have like the you know you know, look like a zombie kits and kind of yeah. weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So I found a bunch. I don't know why I have these. I don't remember purchasing them. So what I, I'm not at all exaggerating. What I've taken to do for video calls because I hate them with a freaking passion mm-hmm. yeah. i'll put sores on my face using this kit and just see if people say anything <laughs> nobody says anything <laughs> nobody says a word about them i have like a droopy like eye it's not enough to be a full costume you're just like no just put I like a droopy if- eye or like a hairy mole or something <laughs> and people are like they like kind of look at you cockeyed and their eyes like like they look they're at like, they can't they're stop looking to look at, at it. it yeah but they but can't they stop can't looking not. at it because I hate them. Everybody's got to do their hair, makeup, whatever, you know, to oh, get dressed. Gosh. And I got to do a stupid call. I don't. I do not. Yes. I do not do my hair or makeup. Because <laughs> I have none of those things. Wait, you just so this, shine. This the, makes... I shine the, 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 the head. Yeah. yeah. This nice. makes so much sense, though, because it sounds like this is what, like, eventually in your life, you hated them so much that you developed your whole entire company around not having to video message. Uh, yeah. You're like, we need yes. something better. 100%. Than video yes. Calls. That is exactly what happened. And this 
this is from like you had um because I, I you know stalked you a little bit and it sounds like you had so going back to our timeline here mm-hmm. after you moved to Seattle and then you were helping you had said you had transferred with a company right you were trying mm-hmm. to do some I forget what it was mm-hmm. yeah so I we started uh a small dot com mm-hmm. Got purchased by US Web. Yeah. So I, there's so much I don't put on my LinkedIn because yeah. like, it feels braggy. You know? okay, so, yeah. And then also, I don't, there's people I just don't want contacting me. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? It's like after a while, you've done so many different things that it's just like, yeah. well, it's not all relevant. And, and who yeah. cares? Yeah, Seriously, whatever. like, who yeah. cares? Like, I put, I'm like, I managed the snack bar at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I was yeah. in my high school was, theater club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it. but <laughs> I'm going to, ch- you should change it. We should all change it to, to nothing but that. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> just all of the most obscure references of like. I would history. love that. Yeah. I yeah. remember that moment of being like, I guess I'll delete this now. And just you know, obscure experience. Like, I guess this doesn't matter anymore. But but those are like there are some great stories from that. You know, that would legitimately be, good stories. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome if like one day a year it's like a, a holiday where like you, any sort of resume online or on your LinkedIn you change all of your experience and, and stuff to all of these random obscure things that no like job interview would ever be looking for. Yeah. That's brilliant, dude. And then you could like run around and see like uh, random people and like what their obscure and just weird things that they did. Yeah. Makes people uh, more interesting. It really yeah. does. Yes. Yeah, but people yeah. are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you should talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you should talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did, you, how did you make that whole segue from like the dot-com stuff? To hating meetings so much. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez, I'm always <laughs> Hated meetings. Meetings. <laughs> Always hated meetings and podcasts. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, wow. So no, I uh, so I kind of like 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 started companies and help or help start companies, mm-hmm. sell IPO, whatever. So um, kind of did that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I owned a professional services firm, mm-hmm. and we had clients all over the world. And I just remember one day I had meetings with people in Pune, Tokyo, and Malmo, Sweden, and we tried. Okay. Everything, because it was just a <laughs> shit show that whole day. We tried yeah. Skype, BlueJeans, Zoom, you name oh, all gosh. of them. We tried all of them. Yeah. Oh my god, you're was like, a mess. well, the meeting time is over, so I guess yeah. Like, we've used next we've year. used the whole two hours just trying to get a meeting started, trying so. to connect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. People saying there, I mean, that conference call in real life. It was that is legitimately why we started the company. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, were like, this got to be a better. Anyway, I called. So my my buddy Albert. This is what happened. I had business expertise. Yeah. Or expertise, quote. You know, nobody's really an expert in anything. I had experience. You had been through lots of I'd small been, businesses and startups yeah. and adventures at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, run the gamut. And uh, my buddy Elbert was working at HTC at the time and working on VR. And my buddy uh, Chance was not doing anything. He was, you know, kind of traveling around, living in Brazil, post mm-hmm. Call of Duty. And uh, so... I was like, look, guys, man, there's got to be a better way because I'm having all these problems. Yeah. And Elbert had been legitimately trying to get me to start a VR company with him. Mm. And okay. because of my age, I'd seen it kind of come and go a couple times throughout my How lifetime. How old were you at this point? I was 42, I think. Well, no, oh, 40, okay. 40. How long? How old was I? Was when he started there? talking to me, I think it was 43. So this was wasn't 43. that long ago. Wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't that long ago. I was 43. And... um and you're like, no, nah, man, that's the ham radio of the. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that was literally me. You know what I said to him? I was like, dude, I've seen Lawnmower Man. Like, sorry, dude. Uh uh-uh, uh, no thank you. And he's like, and then you always know, said, he said, come to HTC. They have a keg. And I was like, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there, buddy. So I, I brought like seven other dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we just played like uh, the lab, I think, mm-hmm. like all night and, and drained two kegs. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, in HTC Vives, and and I took on my headset, so sweaty, and I said, "Dude, I looked so at myself. <laughs> yeah, so it's so disgusting." I said, "Content, technology, talent. We've never had those. Like, literally, that's why I said we've never had those three things converge. Yeah, ever. yeah, yeah. One of those kind of pegs has always been missing. And uh, within weeks, sold my other company." threw everything into wow. this you company. Were, you were sold. You were like I was on it. <laughs> I was like, this is changing the effing world. And I said that because he had told me that. He's like, this is going to change the effing world. And I was like, yeah. buddy, you said you it back to him me. and he's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I literally telling just said you, that. Mr. <laughs> Ham Radio, buddy. So we did that. Yeah, we started Doghead and uh, got like within like three weeks, we had signed on uh, Tencent, Tanchon, I think that's how you say it, Tencent. Amazon. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I don't even yeah. know what that is. Ten, they make makers of WeChat. Oh. They were our first customer. Yeah. Then like a few days later, we signed on Amazon. Uh, and then uh, after that, well, they were using us. We didn't sign anybody on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have a contract, contractual relationship with, with Tencent. Yeah. And, and then uh, went to Shenzhen a couple times. And then... Uh, Shenzhen. That is. That seems to really be just like a tech startup and business sort of capital it over is. there for us to interface with mm-hmm. china yeah for sure yeah um, yeah beijing shenzhen beijing yeah because the the iot company that i worked for um they were a startup uh, that i was working for when i first moved here in seattle back in 2017 um and we constantly had people going back and forth mm-hmm. between uh, here in seattle and shenzhen yeah uh, because mm-hmm. we were trying to get manufacturing set up there and there are all these distributors and companies there that are already building devices that you mm-hmm. can then just build into your product ecosystem or whatever it is for sure yeah yeah and there it's uh I mean, it's, it, it's it's booming you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and it was back then and got a call we got a personal invitation from alvin grayland mm-hmm. uh at the time the president of htc china uh, mm-hmm. just called up my phone. I was sitting in my bar in my condo one day and he's like, Hey man, you know, you want to come to the virtual reality venture capital Alliance meeting with us in Beijing mm-hmm. next week. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, and th- we were off to the races. We converted from LC to C Corp and boom. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, just nuts. So it's been fun, but I will tell you like the reason it's been so good is because the three of us co-founded the company, you know, Chance, mm-hmm. Albert, and I. And uh-huh. I mean, Chance just understands 3D environments so well, mm-hmm. like so well from his Call of Duty days. And I think he's the reason we have such high quality environments. Okay. And he kind of poo-poos a lot of things we want to put in there because it doesn't meet our his quality standards, which are mm-hmm. very, very high, which are good. Yeah. I mean, so he, he's cool. coming from like the AAA game and, yes. uh, yeah. and you know, ecosystem. AAA so. game studios. So it's yeah. it was good, actually. It's been really, you know. We had the right people at the right time. Again, yeah. like born at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So recognize the opportunity. It's been cool. Yeah. And that was, so you guys got started in like 2016? 16. Yeah. 2016. Yeah. It's so crazy because you and I talked like shortly after that, here. right? We did. Yeah. I'm trying to think <clears throat> like when, when was that in the time frame? You had, you were just, were you not even released yet? I think, I think you were just yeah. about to come out with it. We were, yeah. God, yeah. It's been that long, really. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my gosh. It so, doesn't seem that long. I know. That's wild. Wow, you just blew me away. That's <laughs> nuts, yeah. Wow, you really gave me pause there. Because um, it's gone fast. <laughs> it's gone super fast. But um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we, uh, when you interviewed me, you had a different hairstyle. 
at the time. Your probably straight. straight. Yeah, well, we were straight. on camera. Yeah. <laughs> I probably looked pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a little nervous. You would be like, uh, so where's Kelly? Uh. <laughs> well, I remember because you're like, we're going to be on camera. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I guess I'll wear a sport coat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wore a sport coat. <laughs> you and I were both just like pretending. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Yeah, we're like, we are totally. formal and professional all the time, of yeah. course. <laughs> we are formal. Oh, I know. I look back at some of those. <laughs> I definitely look back at some of those videos. And I'm like, God, I was trying really hard in front of the camera. You know, it's just so nerve wracking when you first start going on camera, you know, or just in general. I mean, there's that pressure. Yeah. That's what's nice about the podcast. I agree with you. Yeah, I totally agree. Even when I was like, I I had this epiphany. And this is a relatively recent thing, but with my company, Mm -hmm. it was exactly that what you're you're talking about. It was, I am playing a part. I'm playing this part for other people that I don't Mm -hmm. even know. Yeah. these, These venture guys that I'm trying to please them. And I just thought, why? Yeah. Who cares? I don't. These people are strangers to me, or whoever it is. You know, I'm yeah. just using them as like an example. They're not bad people at all. I'm just. My point is. Yeah. Why am I playing a part for these people? I don't even know. They're complete strangers. I'm just gonna yeah. be myself, man. Yeah. And yeah. Just, just, you know, kind of do what I've always been doing, and right. it seems to work for me up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It can be confusing, though. I mean, in any work environment, I guess, and yeah, like when you're put on camera, you're you you are forced to play this part, and I feel like you get confused about who you are too, you know, you're like, well, because yeah. Yeah, you're having your like whole outward identity scrutinized all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh wait, uh, all these different things that I do normally. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're being judged. Be, yeah. Yeah. You're legitimately being judged. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I think especially when you're younger, you have this feeling like you need to play that part, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, then looking back, it's like, if you took a picture of yourself at the time, it's like, I have no clue who I that person that. was. Yeah. Yeah, well, you did because you're on video. Yeah, and you know, you, well, you didn't have a choice, right? It was moving pictures, <laughs> well, moving pictures in the TV box. In the TV box, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually did that. So I recently uh, pulled up an old picture of us standing in front of the VRVCA banner, mm-hmm. and I was doing so much to please other people, I totally neglected myself. Yeah, and I was like 30 pounds overweight, at least 30 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. and I had just stopped exercise i stopped paying attention to my own body like my yeah. own mental and physical well-being just disconnected kind of completely disconnected and it wasn't helping anybody it wasn't helping me not my company nobody yeah. and uh yeah so i actually recently started because of that i was like you know what i don't give a fuck i'm gonna just do my own thing but i started working out in vr and uh oh my god yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned crazy. that yeah well yeah. you texted me being like i'm just gonna do some vr workouts and i'll be over and i was like cool 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 <laughs> <laughs> casual you know yeah me too <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll see I'm, you in room. I'm in one right now. I'm just finishing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you haven't done yours yet? Um, so, like, get on it. Come yeah, on. So 6 a.m. this morning. What the hell is that? I do. <laughs> no, now I have a memory of seeing you post something that was about doing push-ups in VR. And I think I honestly, like, didn't process it. I was like, I don't even know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Was this Joker? Yeah, like, what does that doing? even mean? So, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It literally means it's working on VR. Literally, I just like, you know, it's my life. Like VR is literally my life. Eat, sleep, yeah. breathe, all that stuff. Yeah. Because I have to and I want to. And so I was. Uh, what happened was I was in a hotel room in New York. Mm. And uh, I was like, fuck, I'm fat. You know, I didn't recognize. I literally did not recognize the person in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I completely let myself go. So I, I put on my VR headset just to look up like workout videos. Mm-hmm. And I found one doing a plank. So I, I streamed myself to Periscope doing a plank in VR. And it was the first one I think I'd ever done. And I mm-hmm. think I ended up going for like eight and a half minutes. 
What? Just because I didn't. People come on yeah. the stream. Or? People came on my stream. You did a plank for eight and a half minutes, yeah. being super out of shape. That's just annoying. You, you know why? Because I was just like lost. I was like in VR, just doing you my own thing. You weren't thinking about it. I wasn't it. even thinking yeah, about you it. You just kind of like locked up into yeah. that position, and then you're just like off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then literally like my arm started to shake violently, and I'm like, yeah. oh god, <laughs> yeah. what am I doing? I, I need to just stop face this. Plant into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Onto your headset. Your tendons just yeah, yeah. give way. <laughs> exactly. Like this is not good for you, Matt. So, um, so but I streamed it. Okay, yeah. so you're streaming it, but you're also while you're in VR, are you watching workout videos? You see, I am. Okay. I'm either. Wa- I think at that time I was. I watched a workout video and then I got bored, but I was like, okay, that's how you do a plank. And then I put on Star Trek: Next okay. Generation. Oh, so you just dove into something I just else? Dove entirely. into something else, and yeah. yeah, and just had that on. But now what I've taken to doing is I like the gym bag I brought over here because I just finished another VR wor- workout in VR. Yeah. Um, Where you carry, are you like carry dead bodies in that bag? Essentially, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how my heavy clones. it was. Yeah, those, those are your weights. Yeah, those are my okay, weights. great. The one I handed you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me help you with your bag. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just started like doing all kinds of crazy workouts in VR. And I, I think I'm going to have okay. like a bunch of people. Yeah, are you, with me. are you doing it with other people is what I'm curious. What like, been, is it a social thing now? I have not. Good question. And okay. because like working out in VR is effing gross. You know, your HMB <laughs> well, gets yeah. so disgusting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, but I, so I'm not sure working out in VR is a good idea, but I do think I, I'm going to do it with other people. I'm going to continue doing it and I'll do it with whoever yeah. wants, wants to do it with me. But it makes sense for I was thinking about the driver. I was like, OK, what is this actually useful for? Yeah. Um. Because I, I literally, I posted a side-by-side photo of me going from fat to fit. But mm-hmm. just working out in VR, I post a lot of videos. Yeah. I stream a lot of content, just proving, hey, this yeah. actually works. This is yeah. my, my personal it's Making journey. a difference in my life. So. Yeah. yeah. May not work for you. Yeah. You know, but it uh, works for me. But um, I think if, if, let's say, like, uh, you're a personal trainer. Yeah. And I'm your client. That's, I think, where the rubber meets the road in VR. We, mm-hmm. You could load up videos of yourself working out or... You can maybe if you have a full body avatar, you can look up. I, there's all kinds of different things you can do. Yeah. You know, planning, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I've been, anyway, I've been working out. It's been cool. Yeah. Oh, it works. Sweet. Yeah. I've always. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I've always thought of that is just like put like uh like wrist and ankle weights on and then like play Beat Saber or something like that. Beat Saber is legitimate, man. <laughs> I do that for my cool down. Oh nice. Yeah. It's so fun. Oh my god. Boy, what is what is cool your down. warm yeah. what is the what is the meat of the work? <laughs> yeah, that's a cool uh, down. <laughs> burpees. I do like uh, Navy SEAL burpees. Oh gotcha. Gotcha. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. So I need to kind of devise some kind of duct tape chin strap on my Oculus Quest. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, how do you move around that much with a with a head-mounted display on? Like, on my This videos, heavy yeah. hardware on your face. You'll see my without... videos. It's like when I jump up and, you know, people like raise their hands over their heads yeah. on a burpee. I just hold my HMD on my face. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. When you're jumping. You're just... yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, yeah. One time yeah. I tried doing a burpee like when I, it was first thing in the morning and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that thing where I work out in little increments of time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I yeah. was waiting for my coffee to brew and I started doing a burpee and I did one and it's like, I you got to warm up to do burpees. <laughs> you do, because, you do. Yeah. Like, yes, you do. Warning. Yeah. Because I Just, did one and I was like, huh, you know, like. Yes, eh. like Landed flat on the floor. <laughs> Like threw every part of my body out. Like, and my was body was like, not ready to do a yeah. Like uh, it was so bad, and I, was, I haven't done one since. Well, aren't so. you doing a triathlon like in yeah. two days or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening with that? It's gonna be tough. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a tour de Francia so or is it a, a triathlon? It's a VR one. You don't have to actually go down. <laughs> a, vir- a virtual triathlon. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. perfect, perfect. No, well, I am historically uh, a runner. Okay. Um, and I've had a lot of back issues and like since I was young, pretty much. Mm. And I played ice hockey and I think I just like destroyed my back somehow that way. Cool. And, um, oh. and I uh, basically was getting sick of it this year and thought I'll do cross training. Mm-hmm. But I am scared of swimming and biking. So, <laughs> have like, you not done either one of those things? Basically. Don't drown. Yeah, I had like I know how to swim, <laughs> but knowing how to stay afloat and swim in general is totally different than then, swimming for sport. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, um, yes. In fact, like, one of we my need to friends make it out a quarter mile and then come back. Like, yeah, you know, one of my yeah. friends was a lot of talk, being like, oh, "I can teach you how to swim. I teach all my campers." And then he came to the. Uh, pool with me i'm like what do you call it (laughs) (laughs) good luck on your triathlon (laughs) you're gonna gonna crush it (laughs) what's that you know that like sidewalk that they fill with water yeah Yeah. what's that called The, the really big bathtub in the middle <laughs> of town. Some of my brain, I think, because of hockey, I was like going to call it a rink, and I'm like, no, a no, rink? the swimming rink. Oh my god, <laughs> you know the it's rink, a liquid but it's ice melted. rink. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, no, I'm familiar with uh, this. But the he was dying water. after like one lap, and I hope he's listening to this because I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Anyways, no, I've actually really been loving learning to swim. Really love it. Uh, I think I also chose a triathlon where it's a beginner one. Mm. So um, it's a sprint one. So it's still a half mile swimming though, which is like a long long, time to swim. That is a half mile swimming does not equal a 5K running. No. Yeah, so yeah. the swim is a, is gonna suck, but there you can stand on the side. They also allow you to technically swim with floaties. So we'll see how it goes. All right, on <laughs> fun. Yeah. You're gonna have the little wing. Yeah, floaties yeah. On. But you, you're allowed to just as long as you don't advance by walking. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. It's open water uh, in like the Columbia River. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you, but it's close enough to shore. Mm-hmm. And then the bike is only 15 miles, which is totally doable. Yeah. It's more. My fear is biking in the city. It's just. It's more just like the traffic. Yeah. 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 And I know what they're not blocking it off. Well, I'm sure they are, but I but when I, the, you're practicing, when I'm practicing and I have to go through the city, I mean, even just today, it's like I basically cut off a biker and I'm aware I'm trying to be aware, but yeah. it's like mm-hmm. I know what the mentality is as a driver, which is yeah. basically you don't even see them. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. looking, you're, you're just not looking for it. It's bizarre. Yeah. You'll see yeah. the cars and you won't see the biker. Yeah. So anyways, are you going to ride a line bike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be amazing. Wait, uh, what is it? Sorry, line, I the, said... share, the bike shares. The share you do bike share oh. for the travel. Yeah. You should totally do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. I thought you said this is how much like I a lime colored bike. I thought, said, <laughs> I thought you said land bike, and what's funny is <laughs> versus a water bike. Well, there's <laughs> literally an aquatic like biking. There thing, is, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that yeah. wasn't I like mean, a paddleboard. I was like, I mean. Yeah, land bike, like a road bike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah land bike. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, right. You know, like Dude, road, road bikes bike. versus mountain bike. There's land bikes in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So we like should start a company called Land Bike. 
That it's like Land Rover. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. We won't sell anything. We'll just see what people want. Yeah. <laughs> what do they expect us to sell? We're, and then we will make that thing. People we're gonna pull like, people. If you knew of a company called Land Bike, what would we make? And would you buy it? <laughs> oh my god. What do you think we make? <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Maybe we do. <laughs> you never know. Hello, uh, land bike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm inquiring about what you, what 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 uh, products you <laughs> What sell. is your product? What would you like us to sell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what do you think we sell? What do you want to buy? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I will legitimately Honestly. invest in that company. Uh, I think we should get it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you are so. I what I want to know is like, how did you get all your businessy part of yourself? Yeah, because you, you talk <laughs> your businessy part. Speak your businessy bits. Where do businessy bits the businessy. come businessy. from? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that, that sounds wrong. The businessy bits. <laughs> I haven't lost them. Thank God. <laughs> that's good. Like I've well, had those since the beginning. You said, <laughs> you said that. I mean, if you just look at your current resume, it's all mm. like you know. CEO, blah, blah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Who is this fucking guy? CEO, co-founder, like, yeah. uh, you know, Harvard Business School, but your whole background. The, way, the whole conversation up to this point, no. you were only talking about this, uh, like, engineering experience. Yeah. So, like, where And how you liked making stuff. I mean, it sounds like you got involved, obviously, in the whole, like, startup process. Yeah. But, yeah, where yeah. was the transition to being more business-oriented? It was very, very, very much travel by fire. What happened was literally this. So, uh, again, like, I went years and years and years with zero college degree, no college experience, never, yeah. went, you know, went to college. I mean, eventually did later in life when I could pay for it myself, but yeah. uh, that was post US web. But um, yeah, so, uh, and it was literally just like, I didn't go to college to please anybody to get a job. I literally just did just to do it. I just wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What? So, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, sorry, I don't want to interrupt your whole no worries, like, man, background there, but like what, it, what actually did cause you to kind of decide if you were you were at a point where you already had this solid skill set mm-hmm. um and you had i'm assuming you went through a couple different ventures and companies mm-hmm. by that time but yeah. what actually made you feel like yeah i want to go do that um even uh, though it's not for like a particular requirement for what i'm doing yeah i mean partly honestly it was just, i was bored that was, that was okay. one part of it the other big part of it was 9-11 quite frankly this oh. was all post 9-11 so um okay. what happened was um so the, the businessy part to go back to that and I'll come back to yeah. that is um, businessy bits. I uh, the business the business bits, <laughs> I, which I'm now putting on my LinkedIn profile and my resume, which I call a brag sheet, uh, which is amazing. I uh, my business bits came from literally I was a uh, I think at the time I anyway I was a uh, still a software developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was a you know propeller head kind of poindexter dude you know you know in the <laughs> back of a yeah. dimly lit cave coding away with my other buddies. <laughs> And all the other point dexters. And uh, um, so we, we ha- hired these two dudes. Uh, they had like CompuWare experience. They're yeah. very senior executives. They're the reason we were successful. These guys like knew what they're doing. We knew how the I, – I, that's when I kind of understood like, oh, it takes a team of people. It's not just – Yeah. We're like, not just building the thing and people buy it. And people buy it. It doesn't yeah. work that way. You know, yeah. Um, you have to actually sell a product and convince people to buy it and blah, blah, blah. So – uh, one of the guys like burst into our dimly lit cave and said, <laughs> uh, Microsoft will not approve us for Microsoft partner status unless we have a QA organization. And all of us were like, 
what's a QA organization? (laughs) What are you talking about? We didn't even know what that was. And he goes, do any of you want to be like a QA manager? And all I heard was the word manager said, I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's literally uh, yeah. what happened. Okay. So trial by fire to get Microsoft. I studied what that was. Um, <laughs> didn't know issues. anything. And yeah. <laughs> you Google QA and see what comes up. Oh my right. God. Question and answer, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> question and answer. I had no idea. You guys have any questions? <laughs> oh, geez. So what questions you got? I'm here to answer them. <clears throat> I'm the QA guy. <laughs> That's your first day on the job. Like, Everybody's like, oh. yeah. <laughs> we do here for QA. <laughs> what do you think so, we now do? Now that I'm the manager of the team, any questions? <laughs> I, I, I got answers. Think. <laughs> I got a lot of answers. Okay. I kill at bar trivia. I just want to tell you that right now. Really? As a QA guy. Oh, okay. QA guy, As a question yeah. and answer guy. Oh, so yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. Like, yeah. But I do legitimately love bar trivia. Yes. Um, <laughs> more bar than trivia. No, but uh, I, so I, um, that's what happened. And then, once 9-11 hit, like, I had a hard time processing that. You know, like, I, I legitimately, yeah, I was working. It was a shock. <laughs> it was a shock, yeah. Like, it was kind of a hard thing to witness. And uh, I, so I, I watched that happen. I thought, you know what, I have to make a change here. So mm. yeah. I went to a military college, got a degree in counterintelligence. And, oh. yeah. Okay. And, and so when you said, like, SIGINT, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, you know, kind of been there, done that. Like, yeah, I know what you were around that community. Around that community. And what I tell people is, I got to tell you what I did, but I have to kill you. And <laughs> the problem is, <laughs> yeah. you would die for a really boring reason. Yeah. yeah like, it's <laughs> not so actually as interesting as you think. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're Jason Bourne running yeah. around or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's more Silicon Valley than Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah. So I got a degree in counterintelligence. Then went to Rutgers for social media marketing, and then Harvard uh, Business School, and all how great you, experiences. How do you yeah. go from counterintelligence yeah, to what, social media I'm, marketing? What was the, you know what the logic there? Were you thinking of working for one of the agencies or something? Or? Oh no 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 no! I was oh. literally thinking of how do I further my business? Mm-hmm. Always, always like mm-hmm. so. What I what I what I learned was okay. here's how you. Um, prevent the collection of sensitive information, yeah. like information security yeah. and counterintelligence. And then, and I also learned that, you know, human beings are largely driven by four factors. It's called mice. It's like money, ideology, compromise, and ego. Hmm. So money ideo- and ideology being faith, compromise being like legitimately like sex, and then, you know, ego. So how kind of how you, what do you- Like the, the underlying and some unconscious like tensions that yes. are around just the fact that we all have some form of sex- Yes. As an identity. No, le- legitimately like, like attracted to or no, 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 legitimately like I want you to buy my product. What drives you? What's going to move your needle in the right direction? Is it like a honeypot scheme? It, now we okay. didn't do those, but what I mean is uh, holistically, that's what one of the things I learned in counterintelligence yeah. is that people are driven by at least kind of four primary desires. Right. You know? okay. I got confused by what you said. Jay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was, I'm a little bit mixed up now because because uh, compromise was only one of them where he mentioned sex. Yeah, you're really obsessed with sex, Jay. No, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No. Okay, I think I miss. Maybe this is me like miss doing the mishearing thing. Okay, okay. Um, for some reason, you said mice, but it's C. It's for compromise. money, ideology, C compromise. Yeah, yes. It's for compromise. <laughs> <laughs> Are you like, what was that? The, that was from Sesame oh, Street, right? God, yeah, Sesame honestly. Street, yeah. The Count. Yeah. The count I didn't I watch know. Sesame Street. 
exciting. <laughs> my mom always says I grew up on Real World, and I'm like, that makes sense. Now. Oh. <laughs> on Real World, like yeah, well, I have two older show? siblings, yeah. Oh and so, <laughs> your mom is. So amazing. I don't know that song. Your mom, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I do know about sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know the yeah. sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. Yeah. You you mentioned compromise, and then said said something about uh, sex specifically, and somehow I like mixed that up and was assuming. It was like M I S E. No. Okay. I think. So, I think they. You know how people do. Like, oh, we need a cool acronym to describe this thing. Yeah. You were in the military. Okay. Well, let's M I C E, and they'll just say, okay, compromise just equals sex. Yeah. You know, it equals a honeypot. Gotcha. Thing. Yeah, but like okay. counterintelligence operations, if you're trying to, you know, do as you know, like do something in a counterintelligence operation, you're trying to convince somebody to work for your side. Are they going to be driven by money? Mm-hmm. Are they going to drive? What does their ego drive them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, how are we going to convince them? It to is, come? What are the motivators? What for are the motivating factors? And yeah, you can try yeah. To map out like what influences them and drives them. Yeah, what influences them? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it, it was interesting, but, but you know, we don't do that obviously. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so you, you're, you're taking like a discipline that's kind of like completely separate and constructed for a different purpose. Yes. And then took those skills and you took them forward with you into your business. What uh, I took experience. forward, 100%, what I took yeah. forward was unconventional thinking. Yeah. Asymmetric thought processes. Mm. Yeah. So then with social media marketing, it was, okay, so here's, I know how to prevent data collection and and how to collect data yeah. through like different si- open source signals intelligence, yeah. like LinkedIn, Twitter, or whatever. Yep. Um, now, social media, uh, and I know kind of what drives people mm-hmm. online. So how do I leverage that through social media? Yeah. And legitimately, it was, I, I need to make, sure that my company Ruckworks, which was the name of my company that I had at the time. Ruckworks, yeah. Okay. Like how is it successful? Like or I I need to make how do I make it successful? Yeah. You know, using these two disciplines, I need like a social media marketing strategy. Yeah. How can I leverage signals intelligence collection through like uh Hootsuite or whatever to yeah. collect like sentiment analysis. And then how do I leverage that yeah. in social media to legitimately influence people to pay attention to us? Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. you buy our products. Yeah. So you're thinking very mm-hmm. much from like the individual motivations of the people that you're trying to sell Correct. to or your your particular community yeah. of users. Um and, and then also applying that to like competitors and other mm-hmm. Uh, people in that same market yeah. or ecosystem. And, and what, exactly. And what, what I learned was, you know what it comes down to, man? Authenticity and trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, it was like, well, I just wasted years of my life, you know, getting these degrees. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, like, just, oh, okay, we just need to be real. Just be yeah. real. Be authentic. Earn trust. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's the only way to really earn like, real trust. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, you know, it's it good. Yeah. yeah. No. And then did you go straight into Harvard Business School? No, that happened uh, much, much, much later. It happened uh, during Doghead, actually. Oh, okay. And okay. kind of how that happened is I noticed that uh, – I was like, you know, I want to do something else. And mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I was like, can will they even pay attention to me? You know, like, could I even get in? <laughs> it's yeah. literally yeah, like yeah. – is this curiosity about that. Yeah. yeah. You're like, if I figured out how to just do a solid application there, would I even have a chance yeah. Yeah. of getting in? And it was – Easily the hands down one of the hands down the best experiences of my entire life. Okay, huh. entire life. It's <clears throat> everybody there is so incredible. I have legitimately drank 
the Kool-Aid. And you were much older Harvard. when you went there too. Yeah. 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 Then obviously not people <laughs> coming out of high school and going to. Exactly. College. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's a different experience. It's a very different yeah. experience. Yeah. It, it's better actually for me. I think it's a, it's better to have that life experience, you know, totally. Yep. you know, and leverage that. And honestly, I made truly, truly lifelong friends. Well, you're like you're more focused. You're more yeah. of an identity at that point. It's like, you know why you're there. I actually think I annoyed my professors because I was constantly rate the guy like, Ooh, Ooh, call yeah. me, call me. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. this, there's this Harvard business school podcast called cold call. And, uh, you know, the, the lead in is, oh, someone says, oh, the dreaded cold call. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, cold call? Like, I was going out of my way to get called on. Like, I was trying to, like, be teacher's pet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, I don't even know what, what this podcast is about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So did you always feel, like, when you were younger and you were interested in engineering and all of that, did you think that you wanted to own a business and own your own business? I did. You always had that feeling? The reason when I was younger, and this was a very naive, so just my very honest answer to the question. Yeah. yeah. It was a very naive thought process at the time when I was a, I was like, I think I was 10 or 12 when I had this. Tron, Tron the movie Tron was Oh, out. yeah. So I don't remember how old the I was when one. the movie Tron was, but I, I remember having it during kind of that mm-hmm. year when Tron was out. Tron was a big, big motivator in literally virtual reality in yeah. my life. Tron yeah. was what kind of went at st- I was like, oh, amazing. And you're like, oh, it's alternate world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yes, I thought, so what I, I had this epiphany when I was a kid and it was a, like I said, a very naive epiphany, but it, I was a kid. You know, what do you want from me? So, you know, it was, was you like, weren't a genius. I wasn't a worldly man. I wasn't the world's yeah. most interesting man yet. And so, uh, so I, um, I kind of had this epiphany. I was like, oh, the way to truly like be successful in life is you have to own a business, like monetarily successful is what mm-hmm. I thought. Like that's why I say it was naive. You have to own a business or be a celebrity. That's it. That was your perception. Of the time. That was my yeah. perception of success at the time. I mean, it's yeah. not that far off. It, yeah, it's not that far <laughs> off. Yeah, it's not that <laughs> true. And yeah, like those are definitely two very prominent forms. Yes. What but having society considers success, I agree. Well, monetarily, yeah. I mean, monetarily, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's monetarily, what I'm those it wasn't are, far. Those off. are two <laughs> forms that are yeah. often considered, yeah. but by no means the only ways that success can. Right, right, absolutely right, yeah. not, man. Like later in life, like what well, I've also realized, like later in life, that look, you only get one life, yeah. And so the point is not to accumulate monetary wealth. That is absolutely not the point at, at all. At some point, it doesn't even matter anymore. Doesn't matter. Like you <laughs> yeah. can't take it with you where yeah. you're going. You know, sorry, <laughs> sorry, it ain't coming with you. Yeah. So the I think I realized like oh the like I've achieved some success, but the point is to give it back. Like yeah. be humble, be kind. Like help the person next in line How behind can you, you. Affect everyone else around you. Yeah, like sort of move positive. the world forward. Yeah, that's yeah. what life is about. Yeah. So yeah. So when did when did the perception for you start to shift in that direction? My my more of like a communitive really, sort of like yeah uh, impact. You're asking really good questions, man. It's uh, it's weird. Yeah. So I I have legitimate answers to all of these. So. My buddy, my, my, like, I'm Literal not just, answers like, or I'm, these are, these are real answers. They're legitimate. They're not symbolic or esoteric. Uh, yeah, my, um, <laughs> my, 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 my buddy at the time, uh, and I'm not like faking my resume like I did for my first job. <laughs> you know, it was a total bullshit. This next five minutes <laughs> resume. Is complete bullshit. Yeah, it was a total yeah. bullshit. So my buddy, Greg Henkel, uh, I had a very, like my, growing up, like my, I very much respect my father's work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, you know, I loved her, but uh, home life was, it was, let's just say it wasn't a happy home. 
you know, it was not, yeah. it wasn't a good place. So I spent a lot of time at my buddy's house, Greg Hinkle. And, uh, we call him the Hinkster, a uh, great <laughs> dude. And I, they just, they gave me a key and they said, just come over anytime, just anytime walk in. That's, and I, that's awesome. I, I did that all the time. I would just pop in. They'd be watching TV. I just sit down next to them. Nobody would say a word. They just pass me the popcorn or like peanut butter sandwich or whatever they were. Yeah. They just whatever. It was just. I was just part of the family. He had like a little bit of sanity, even when things yeah. were crazy. And it was wonderful. In your home. Yeah. And his mom died of cancer. Oh. And I remember she was such a beautiful, bright, wonderful human being. Like, mm-hmm. I, like the, she should not have died. She should be alive today and yeah. be doing amazing things. Yeah. And that really, really affected me. And, and that's kind of when it hit like, oh shit. Like the point is to kind of do good things. Because yeah. that's what she did. Yeah, and she was she really, really like a bright light in my life, and I yeah. will never forget her. And so, yeah, that's kind of where that came from. Okay, no, that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not to not to bring it. No, no. <laughs> no. Well, so it, I mean, it seems like you are doing that because what you're doing at Doghead Simulations is largely based on providing education to the world i mean there's obviously collaboration as well yeah but it seems like you're you're you seem driven by providing education and just like making some sort of positive impact back on all of these different communities and people yeah for sure man like it wasn't an option like i said like i didn't even know what an sat was yeah Yeah. like you know i like school but school didn't like me and so uh, i didn't go to the great the best school and the home life wasn't great and couldn't afford college and i remember thinking like having gone through now the college experience, like it's effing expensive to go to college and there is no reason you need to go to hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to get a piece of paper. There's none, absolutely no reason. And, uh, I know there's people like me in the world and much smarter and better and kinder people than me in the world who don't have the opportunities, who have no opportunities, but can do great things if they have them. Mm -hmm. So I want to do that. That's legitimately what I'm doing at dog. And I want, it is, it is, a core ethos and it is my absolute passion to, to, I feel like it's my mission in life actually to mm-hmm. bring education to underserved communities, whether that's in Atlanta or Tanzania or wherever it's at yeah. you know, places we have where we're teaching people using us to using me to teach, to just inspire. Like it's not me doing anything really. It's me just providing a platform for teachers, quite frankly, yeah. instructors to inspire because yeah. that's what they do. And just giving them a better tool to do that and yeah. to reach someone who maybe doesn't have access to that, to mm-hmm. quality, high-level education. Yeah. 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 Do you think when you started Doghead Simulations, did you feel that strongly yet? Because it started off with more of hating video meetings. <laughs> That's exactly where it started, yeah. yeah. And I do remember when we first talked that your tagline was something more like reducing travel costs Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. meetings, which Uh, I know is still the case. Yeah. But I'm curious how it's how it's grown and developed, because I think you've gotten more and more since we talked into education and developing partnerships and relationships with Mm -hmm. institutions, Mm -hmm. whether that's, you know, there's some it sounds like there's some government and, you know, uh, various, I don't know, you would you would know better than me, but I'm like various governments are using it for different reasons, yeah, like, educational well. institutions. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just curious about what you think has changed or how it's grown mm. for you and since it started. Yeah, like what was it about VR in this particular setting that really felt like you could make a huge impact in that regard? Yeah, so good question. So a couple things. So, um you know, every business pivots and yet, you know, evolves with changing market conditions. And if you don't evolve, you die. 
that's just how it is. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's like life. You know, if you're a yeah. lizard and you don't, if you evolve, don't change, you, you will fade die. away. <laughs> you, you fade away. Yeah. So that happened with us, and we legitimately started this to change to solve an actual legitimate problem, which is still in a lot of my my decks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it is part of we have a deck. It's a, f- a forty two page deck. It's long, but Ooh. we don't really share it with a lot of people. But it's called Dogcat Simulations: Our Story. It uh-huh. just tells the story through images and video yeah. of our journey, and it's a very honest, transparent. Like this is where we started, and this mm-hmm. is where we are. But what happened was, um, like, a man I very much respect, Alvin Wayne Grayland, mm-hmm. really, truly wonderful human being. And I'm not blowing sunshine up his ass or anybody else. Like, he's a truly <laughs> wonderful human being. Um, MIT grad, great, humble, successful dude. Yeah. Um, when we were in, he invited us to VRVCA. And when we went there, we were pitching him. Mm-hmm. And we were pitching, like, kind of remote teams run on roomy, blah, blah, blah. And he mm-hmm. looks at me and he stopped me. He goes, Matt, you don't even know what you're doing. He said, your business is not collaboration. Your business is reducing business travel. And that was an epiphany. Oh, that was the okay. first one. I was like, Somebody oh else God. saw that value. He saw the value. Yeah. And that happened again. So he saw the true value that we missed. Mm. And that mm. was like an eye-opener for us. And it helped us. And literally that night, Elbert and I and Lily, uh, you know, Whitus, one of our co-founders, mm-hmm. uh, no longer with the company, you know, she left to raise her baby, but... Um, Still a significant equity holder and truly good friend of mine. But, yeah. um, you know, we stayed up, you know, Chance, and it was the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chance and we stayed up until 3.30 in the morning, completely revising our pitch deck for our pitch the very next day. Because it was just yeah. a practice with Alvin and a couple other guys. And um, it was it was a very, it was a, an epiphany moment. And then, and it worked and we did great. And it happened again when PBS called us up and they said, hey, did you know that Hunter's Lane High School is using Rumi to teach underprivileged communities in Pemba in the oh. island of Tanzania. Pemba is like a little ar- uh, island in the archipelago. Yeah. And, and so um, we're like, well, no, we did not. And they said, well, we <laughs> want to work with you and HCC and AMD to film a documentary. Yeah. We want to put you in this documentary called Good All Over. And so we did that. And that was another epiphany. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, this is actually a truly mm-hmm. profound yeah, platform. We totally missed this. <laughs> totally missed this. Yeah. And uh, that's what I meant said earlier. Like people educate our customers, educate us yeah. on how they're using the software. Yep. And they use it in ways you'd never expect. Yeah, but and that was, was a yeah. deeply personal epiphany for me mm-hmm. because I had the exact same experience. This Hunters Lane High School is in a not the greatest area in Tennessee. Yeah, and they're teaching students in even worse situations in yeah. Pemba. And um, it was so eye-opening. I was like, God, I resonate with these students so much. Like, they, I saw myself in pretty much all of them. Yeah. And my my growing up. And so that was like, this is this is the mission. This is what we're doing. We're educating. We're bringing education to the world. Yeah. We're actually making it possible for actual, like, educators who know what they're doing to bring education to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, so, it's been awesome. So, like, there was a... Uh, I feel like MOOCs, I, I think if I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. it's like massively yeah. online um, open classes. Or mm-hmm. Is that the correct? Oh, yeah, MOOC, mass, massive online open course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, courses. Um, those have been like pretty just pivotal in, in opening up um, education and kind of like organizing curriculum and allowing yeah. people to, to access new material, things mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have been able to learn mm-hmm. in, um, before unless they physically went to a university. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 
this seems like just using VR in general to open up education to people to these more visceral and like interactive experiences and give them almost like an experiential learning um, platform yeah. to be able to benefit from. There's there's uh, a sort of curiosity that I have here um, and also like a potential that I definitely see um, in that whole area. And it's something that I also feel very strongly about because I come from a non-traditional educational background. I don't have a degree. Um, and I'm also in this situation now where I have like a GI Bill. So I'm because of um, some years committed to the military, I now have this resource that I can go back later on in life and revisit school as, a, as an option um, and not have to go into debt for it. But I see so much potential in these open platforms, um, first in MOOCs, but now in just VR in a way to, to open up um, new information and experiences to people and actually teach them um, in, a, in similar to like a, a real classroom experience. Like you're all together there interacting with a thing mm -hmm. in the way they'd never be able to do before. So yeah. if, you, if you put those two things side by side, like a, a physical classroom experience and then a VR classroom experience, at the base level, they don't feel all that different. You're really um, erasing the fact that everyone may be disparate and around the globe. Mm -hmm. um, so like, what are the, the benefits in VR that can kind of take us beyond what you normally experience in just a classroom setting? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I can tell you a, a number of like, like how much time you got, man. But I guess, <laughs> I, 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 let, me, let me hit like a, a maybe like top three. Yeah. So talking about MOOCs. So MOOCs are important, massive online open courses. And yeah. There's SPOCs. There's MOOCs and SPOCs. Yeah. So SPOCs are like uh, special, per, like specialized, personalized kind of open course. Okay. Um, so you What's think, an example of each of those? So, so a MOOC is is like your general uh, Coursera, Udemy, Coursera. Udacity. Okay. Yeah. Or edX. A Spock yep. would be like, I'm going to teach you, Kelly, English. Mm -hmm. Or... I'm going to teach you Spanish. What does hmm. Spock stand for? Uh, I believe it's special, uh, special personalized, specific personalized open course. Oh, so it's like tutoring almost. It's basically like direct teaching. Yeah, direct oh, okay. teaching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, person to person. Got it's it. like a one to one versus one to many. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or okay. many to many. Okay. Yeah. So relationship. So um, yeah. So what where VR falls into that paradigm? Yeah. Into regard really whether or not it's an on-campus experience or an off-campus experience. Mm -hmm. So is this. So um, every college now has at least one uh, online course you take. Mm -hmm. And online courses are very lucrative, but for schools, because you can reach more people. But yeah, you're just, your audience is huge your compared to bigger, how yeah. many you can fit in your campus. It's good. <laughs> well, yeah. I actually didn't know that very clearly in the sense that online courses are known to be cheaper and you're reaching um, yeah, more yeah. people but compared to the small amount of people that pay way more money i'm like i didn't yeah. actually know no. if, like if they game. are making a lot more money or if some of that is like they're considered a, a write-off for like charity <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just like, it's an ethical thing like they're trying to look good so they yeah open i actually didn't really know because there's also a lot of free classes yeah there is so yeah, yeah. and that's okay moves. so like, it is moves. lucrative is it's your lucrative. point okay it's legitimately lucrative you look at like khan academy and others like they have it, it is definitely lucrative but um they all suffer from uh, the same problem, which is 
you know, student engagement mm-hmm. and course com- online course completion. Oh, notes. yeah. Totally. They're not great. Myself personally have not completed like hundreds of courses. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. many, so many started. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not great. So that's – in VR, it it's better for it, – it helps us. So what, what we have in Rumi is uh, a proprietary immersive monotasking technology. It's mm-hmm. called immersive monotasking. And um, at its core, what it enables you to do is – technically replicate the on-campus experience for people from anywhere, legitimately anywhere on earth with a relatively good data connection. Yeah. So um, if I am teaching you in, you're in Spain, I'm in Seattle Mm -hmm. and let's say Kelly, you're in Italy Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm teaching both of you some topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can recognize a learner gap in the moment and correct it in the moment. In VR, okay. and like, like if let's say that you have a learning gap, I can say, okay, Kelly, uh, I'm gonna, um, we're we're gonna go to a different room, and you're gonna stay here and kind of review these materials. You and I can just pop into a different room, and I can quickly have a conversation about what, what that is, and one yeah. quick quick little one on one spike session, yeah, uh, private session, no one else hears it, and then pop back into the room oh. and continue continue the session. Okay, and all the other students, like if this is a real time class. All the, what are all the other students doing? Well, during typically what happens in our classes, the way the architecture is built is if it's, um, if we're, if it's like a Parsons or a Harvard or a full cell university or someone like that, mm-hmm. there's an instructor and it's just like a, going to a regular campus, like instructor and a TA. Yeah. Okay. So one of them can take, can help, can, can. Oh, just be monitoring for people that yeah. like could use a, a one-on-one more, more of an explanation for a concept yeah. or something. Someone's yeah. not getting it, whatever. So that's one part of it. Okay. There's also completely removing distractions when you're in an immersive head-mounted display. So yeah. if you're in like a Oculus Go or an HTC Vive or a Vive Focus or whatever, a Quest, mm-hmm. you know, you're not looking at your cell phone. You're yeah. not kind of – and you can tell when people do that because their avatar head, all you see is their chin, like the bottom <laughs> of their chin, you know, kind of goes up when they're taking oh, their yeah, head Oh, yeah, because they take the head – yeah. Yeah, oh, or they slump to the really floor. Because yeah, they put yeah, the headset yeah. on their forehead, yeah. and so it's just looking up towards the ceiling. Yeah, and there's a lot of inst- <laughs> there's a lot of advantages for the instructor, so – if, you know, both of you are being rowdy like you have been, you know, yeah. I can just point at you and mute you. I can mute oh. you. I can mute you the whole class. I can there's there's yeah. advantages. For the instructor, you've got more control over the environment. Absolutely. So that it's more constructive for all the other students to focus. Yeah. And um, then you can relate topics that are complex to relate in the real world. So think about this. If I'm gonna teach you, you have a whiteboard in this podcast room. Yeah. So if I'm going to teach you about vector math. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to represent a Euclidean vector to you because you're yeah. learning how to design 3D objects for mm-hmm. a game. Yep. So you're building the next Call of Duty mm-hmm. game. Um, how I represent that is I draw a Cartesian plane on a whiteboard. I draw an x-axis, yep. a y-axis, and a z-axis. Yeah. But it's on a 2D flat thing. Right. So you as a student may not even understand how I am trying to Relay. Communicate this third dimension on yes. flat space. Yeah. Magnitude and direction. Right. And yeah. they're Euclidean vectors. What I can do in VR is I can legitimately draw a Euclidean vector yeah. in VR and we can walk around it. I can explain it. I can bring in a 3D object. Mm-hmm. I can put a Euclidean vector on that 3D object. And you, you can just interact with it. We can sit there and twirl it around yeah. and everything and actually look. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it goes back to something called the uh, uh, such an old concept called the Edgar Dale Cone of Learning. This is educator Edgar Dale, and he ran the study, and he said, I think it was in the 40s, and he, and he learned that he built this pyramid, mm-hmm. and human beings retain 90% of what we experience. 
Yes. Not what we okay. read, not what we see, mm-hmm. not what we hear, what we actually experience. What you do. Yeah, what you, you do. You go through it. Yeah. And that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. The I loved the the thing you said about the taking a student into the other room because at mm. first when you were talking about the the gap um, in learning I wasn't tracking with that but then it makes me think of hallway conversations mm. that you have with your teacher briefly mm. or going to office hours or something like that and the amount of times I felt like I needed just like one moment for someone to catch me up, you know, but I would just say, oh, I'm just going to figure it out at home alone. But if I just had that moment with the teacher, it would have sped up my learning so Mm, much. Um, So I do, I do love that. Hold your thought, Jay. Um, Oh, it is about that. Okay, fine. Okay, then go. Yeah. I uh, Well, I'll make sure to come back to the thing so you can continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I want to play devil's advocate here for a second. Can't you do that in a real life classroom like if you have a ta and there's a student that like because this is all real time mm-hmm. right you have a student that the ta is like oh that they don't seem to like they're 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 raising their hand or something they need like more of an explanation i'm gonna go grab them and take them outside in the hallway and like talk through it for a second maybe we have a whiteboard out there we literally do like the same mm-hmm. thing yeah. and then we go back in um like either the class in there was like paused that whole time so they don't get behind um, or you have multiple TAs that are like keeping up with the scale of students that you're dealing with in that class. And if you're teaching, if there's one teacher doing real-time lectures for like hundreds or thousands of students, mm-hmm. you need a lot more TAs to be able to handle all that. Sure. So how does that work? In, yeah. How does that overcome in VR? Yeah. So first of all, let me just say that VR is not the end-all be-all answer to everything. Yeah. Those are just fundamental difficulties with teaching. Right? Fundamental difficulties yeah. with teaching. Yeah. So um, it comes, it goes to uh, symmetric versus asymmetric teaching, yeah. right? So what we're talking about is a um, symmetric, right? So mm-hmm. everyone's in the same place at the same time, yeah. And we are, uh, we have symmetry, right? Like so, mm-hmm. we're all, um, it's a, we're rep- legitimately replicating the on-campus experience. Yeah, we're going through the experience, the lecture at the same time. Correct. Yeah. What you don't have in the real world is if I'm just not getting it because it is your, what you're trying to represent like that you could use popsicle sticks, I guess as an example (laughs) to represent like a three, three in 3d space or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what we're missing is, okay, so now I have to take that and I have to mentally transition that into this 3d object I'm going to build on the computer. Why don't we just do it in real time right now? Boom. And I can see it happening. Right. So that, that's one benefit. Now it's not the end all be all, and I'm not saying it's going to work for everyone, but Mm -hmm. it it legitimately where it works. Yeah. The other thing is um, asymmetric learning. So let's say it's a recorded session Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not getting it. Uh, now I, you can record through video right now and all that stuff. And yeah. I still may not get it. Audio is not great, but what I can't do on a flat 2d, like Skype recording mm-hmm. is I can't walk around what you're telling me and visually interact with this three dimensional recording, three dimensional mm-hmm. recording. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. can't. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's all possible now with virtual reality and pretty much nothing's off the table because it's just 3d. Yeah. It's yeah. a 3d world. Right. You know, it's computer generated. So it's interesting because actually you and I were on the same page with that once again. <laughs> Air, high um, <laughs> Air high five. So, so 
there's obviously benefits. Like everything you just said really strikes home with me because I'm pretty passionate about education and VR and I and for exactly the reasons you said, just the things you can do with it. It's like suddenly I realized that I was, you know, if I had trouble imagining vector math, well, that actually wasn't my problem. It was the problem of, you know, like how, of course, because I'm projecting it onto a 2D plane. I'm like, I don't get it, you know? Um, Anyways, but the, so let's say there, obviously one part of it of education in VR is connecting people across distances. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have everyone in the same class and they're in the same location. Mm -hmm. And you put them in VR instead of in a classroom, you put them in a VR. Now, one benefit is going to be exactly what you just said, which mm-hmm. is instead of a whiteboard, it's in 3D. Yeah. Are there other benefits mm-hmm. for if you're already in the same location? Yeah, yeah. Like to enhance the existing classroom yeah. lecture format. Bingo. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yes, 100%. And I think that is even more important. It, it, a lot of people talk about even us, you know, because we're being used every day by – 7,000 institutions around the world to do corporate training and education, Mm -hmm. structural education, blah, 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 remotely. Yeah. But really, I think the one of the key elements is to use virtual reality to convey complex topics in the moment. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm in that uh, Harvard Business School auditorium and I'm having this amazing lecture and then they're conveying a complex topic to me. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone don your Oculus Quest. Mm, yeah. Now let's go in and talk about this really complex topic yeah. and visualize it. That's the key. Let's immersively visualize it mm-hmm. together. Everybody get it. We spend 10, 15 minutes in there. Take off your HMD and yeah. we'll get back to lecture. That's, I think, like, and whatever the topic is, there's complex topics. They abound in life. Mm-hmm. But think of it this way. When I was... um uh, teaching transverse advice physics. If I it was I had to draw like an NPN transistor on a whiteboard, mm-hmm. and I had to explain kind of what a silicon substrate is, and blah blah blah, and kind of go. And this is how you use yeah. chemicals to grow it. If I could just show you that in three D yeah. environment, <laughs> my God, it like reduces my teaching time <laughs> dramatically, and yeah. it increase. It's an economy of scale. Reduces my teaching time and increases student participation and um, understanding of the topic. Yeah, because it's like it's that mental friction of trying to digest a new idea that doesn't make sense yet that makes most people glaze over Mm -hmm. whenever they confront something. And you're like, just imagine that it does all these things and these vague concepts. (laughs) And you're like, what? Yawn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So there's clearly some very like significant value that can already enhance the the, the existing in-person educational format. Right. There is. Yeah. 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 So have you you mentioned that experience of just the fact that people were using Rumi for education, but do mm. you have other experiences where you witness people using it to teach that gave you some sort of aha moment like mm. I never would have thought to use it that way or or something that made you think about what the future of education could be? Yeah. So um, I'll give you a very specific example. Uh, We are used throughout the U.S. Department of Defense, the DOD. Mm -hmm. And there's something, you'll know this being in the military, there's something called the concept of operations. So it's called a CONOP. So if you need to convey like, hey, this is what we are going to do at this location. I mean, let's use something simple. Like let's say um, I have to do a Bambi bucket recovery. So I have to uh, go dive into a 
lake somewhere and recover this bucket that was dropped into the lake by a helicopter or an airplane. Like I have to go down there and do that. What you can do is say, okay, well, there's, there's two things. And these are actual, these are actual like use cases. I'm, I'm telling you about of ours, customer use cases of ours. Um, you can get a company commander based in Fort Huachuca talking with, uh, an engineer, in Germany mm-hmm. and talking with a uh, platoon sized element mm-hmm. somewhere else or spread throughout, you know, their, their stations, wherever they're, yeah. they're stationed. You can say, we are going to all meet up. We're going to fly to this location. Or we're going to do this thing. You can run your concept of operations in Rumi, bring up the map and legitimately uh, replace the, the office room yeah. that you're loading in Rumi with the area of operations the you're about to fly into yeah. the environment. Yeah. Um, Harvard did that actually with, uh, so Harvard uh, used us to teach Egyptology. Uh, so there's this really wonderful professor, um, uh, professor, uh, Peter Dumanwillian. He's a Philip J. King, uh, professor of, of Egyptology at Harvard and him and, uh, Russ Gant, a former MIT guy and, uh, a bunch of really intelligent people, uh, taught their sister school in Zhejiang university mm-hmm. in China about the Giza plateau yeah. using Rumi and how they did that was they loaded up uh, an empty room of ours called, and, and I'm, this is not an advertisement for Rumi. I'm just giving you a specific yeah, example. Yeah. I mean, the, but yeah. it's an example of VR being used in these kinds of like education and training situations. Education and training. Yeah. It, and it's why it's powerful. Exactly. Yeah. So they were able to load up uh, the Giza plateau, 3d mm-hmm. models of it in Rumi. And it was absolutely amazing to see the Chinese students and the American students bridge that kind of, yeah. you know, understanding and immediately just start talking about, I'm just assuming they were hieroglyphs because I was, I was uh, auditing the class when they did this. I was okay. kind of saying, how are you using my software? So they were <laughs> kind of, lo- they immediately just started con- like running around. Yeah. They congregated into their own little groups and they were talking about the areas they were about to fly to yeah. in the physical Giza plateau. They were talking about what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. When we go to this tomb, this is what we need to study. Yeah. We need to, and they were circling um, the hieroglyphs and they were circling the images they want to study. Mm-hmm. So imagine when you get to the physical location, it doesn't it doesn't replace physical contact. It yeah. augments yeah. it. It legitimately augments it. But they have that understanding and they know, oh, I, I remember doing this in Rumi. I have a visual representation yeah, like of we this. We were talking about that one particular symbol. Yeah. And it's this direction and it's this yeah. many meters away and I have to walk down this shaft. So yeah. I, I'm prepared for that and I should be wearing these types of boots. Yeah. It's uh, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's those are some examples of, yeah. of how it's being used to, for education and training. Yeah. Do you have – so I remember reading somewhere that you had ideally in the future thought that you would – wake up in Rumi and spend the day in Rumi and then mm-hmm. go to sleep in Rumi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a simulation. You're in Rumi right now. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> You're not actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm a little scared coming back to like, you know, what you, whatever you said in the beginning about like when you do great things and get punished. <laughs> so I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Watch out. For this one, exactly. Yeah. America is going to put me on a timeout. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's why you need the the good three names. I do, yeah, and yeah, I have yeah. them. So I'm yeah, good. you got, you got I'm it. Older. You're you got there. It's my, it is my destiny. And I'm just <laughs> achieving my destiny. That's.
that's all I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So um, my personal grand vision, my big kind of blockbuster vision for the yeah. company is to make Rumi the first experience when you wake up, your primary experience throughout your entire day, and the mm-hmm. last experience you have before you go to bed. Yeah. What I mean by that is I don't want people to live in virtual reality. I, I don't want it to be like a some kind of dystopian version of Ready Player One, yeah, yeah. which was a great movie and a good book, even better book. But I love the 80s references. I'm not sure you would get them, <laughs> Kelly, but they're amazing. <laughs> uh, but well, it was either so was fun. I know, or either one of you, Josh. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I know. Uh, I, I think it's, it's our, our whole generation is kind of nostalgic about that stuff now because it was just before we were really old. Well, no, my theory is that. I think you're right. Yeah, My theory, not to get too abstract, but it's that yeah. all the people who grew up in the 80s are hitting their kind of prime age of being yeah. like leaders in their positions. Yeah. 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 So they're the ones like creating the content now yes. um, yeah. and directing it. Mm-hmm. And so all of our content is 80s content now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all nostalgic. Someday. <laughs> so Someday. If, if either one of you have children, then when you're my age, they will be all like living in Twilight. Is that what you're saying? I think yeah, so, yeah. Cool. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Hopefully Britney Spears as well. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Are you good? Anyways, yeah. off track. Yeah, so hopefully. you wake up and you brush your teeth Fingers in crossed. Rumi. No. You, you brush your teeth in Rumi, you get ready, you make your omelets and your scrambled eggs, your version of scrambled eggs. Yes. You put on your virtual clothes, you don't have to wear real clothes. You <laughs> nobody yeah. do that now. In real life anyways. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I have many meetings without pants on. So, <laughs> yes, many, many, many meetings. So, oh uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah. You... Uh, we, got a, we got a real life shirt cocker here. <laughs> yeah, real life shirt cocker. We've been dying to be one. <laughs> hey, don't go spreading that around, okay? Yeah, I will. <laughs> you should put that on Reference your LinkedIn resume. Earlier I'll put that podcast on my business card. With <laughs> Katie Kelly, yeah. yeah, yeah. VR um, shirt cocker. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. Anyways. So you don't. So you don't want it to take over our lives and be dystopian. But I don't. But what I would like is it to be useful and make your life better. So what I want is, here's my vision. You wake up. You have some sort of smart device, mm-hmm. whether it's your home or your spin bike or your watch, and you say, "Rumi, what does my day like?" And Rumi, on all of your devices. Mm-hmm loads up your day for you so that when you are on let's say you want to work out so you're you're on a peloton bike and it has a screen Mm -hmm. you can just hop on your peloton bike and say Rumi, replay the scrum meeting from yesterday because i know i got one today and just going to record replay your scrum meeting and then what you can do is instead of driving to the office Mm -hmm. just spend seven seconds as your commute, which my commute is literally seven and a half seconds right now. You slip on your HMD, boom, you're at the office. You've got your scrum being reviewed. So it's like a crawl, walk, run, smart device, you know, okay. maybe your watch to a screen, to a laptop screen, maybe to a phone, to a computer, to an HMD. So you, you gradually step into VR and you use okay. VR for your workday. So, so it's a cross-platform sort of... Yeah. Uh, interaction exactly. that you're you're progressing through into your like full on work focus mode. Yeah, it's a progression. Okay. And let's say you're you're working and now you want to go to after work finish your your MBA, let's say, or whatever, mm-hmm. or get a degree. Yeah. Um, you can just then either you know take off your HMD or not take it off and just leave your office and then go to school. Yeah. Boom, you're in school. 
So you have it really, it comes down to a question of accessibility. What is accessible to me? What can I do that I just cannot do? Yeah. And why am I not, why have I not pursued my degree? Well, I can get online, but really I'm an on-campus learner. Mm-hmm. So that means I have to upend my entire life, apply for student loans, move myself across the country, to whatever school, go yeah. to a school, like, come on, what the hell? Why are we doing this? This is yeah. 2019 for God's sake. We should, we, we solved this problem 10 years ago. Yeah. Let's just hop into VR and do all of this. And the reason I want to, I want it to be your prime, your first primary and last is because what I want is people to spend more time physically interacting in the real world with their friends and family. Yeah. So like less uh, time tricky. running around doing all these different things less because time. you're tied to physical mm. spaces for each of those things. Yes. Less time running around, less time commuting, you know, cursing at the drivers in front of you, beside you, behind you. Yeah, holy crap. Because some people literally spend hours and hours every day just yeah. getting to and from their job. Yeah. Um, which, like, if you could subtract that away because yeah. they're able to work remote, basically, yeah. then, like, that's so much extra time that you can spend on other things like going camping on the weekend or, yeah. like, hiking in the afternoon or whatever. Valuable human-to-human yeah. interaction. Yeah. And think about this. It's not only time. It's money. If you drive yeah. across 520 every day or if you drive from north uh whatever like everett mm-hmm. to downtown seattle yep. you're probably spending 15 dollars every single day just to get to a job yeah so you're losing money by working you're no longer working to feed your life you're working to pay the toll bill mm-hmm. you're working to pay the why, why do you go to work well i have to go to work so i can pay my pay off my student loans well yeah. that's not a good reason yeah. Well, I have to go to work so I can pay off these freaking toll bills. Mm. I have to go to work so I can pay. So I can pay. No, you should go to work so you can in, you can um, grow your your friends, your family, whatever. Like like yeah. enhance your life. That's what we want to do. So in your case, you your team is actually using mm-hmm. Roomy to do to have your meetings and yeah. discuss the product. Now, in the scenario, let's say you are an audio engineer mm-hmm. for a music company. Yeah. So you don your headset and then like, what is your future vision for that? That they would go in and they'd, they would have just a different type of interaction would be using certain applications within VR to edit the audio within there. So if you're interested, we have had that working for about three years. So let's say you want to work on a Moog soundboard or some sort of soundboard. Right. To do audio editing. Yeah. It legitimately, people just don't know this, right? It's, yeah. There's a million, there's a lot of possibilities. It's just a matter of socializing these possibilities. So you're talking about like an existing interface for, mm-hmm. uh, for audio editing, like Audition for Adobe, for instance, or like Pro Tools or yeah. maybe a Moog soundboard, whatever. Yeah. And obviously like this VR platform supports bringing that interface into the virtual space. And then interacting with physically reaching out and touching uh, the controls, the potentiometers to change the levels to do. Okay. Yeah. Like, like twisting, uh, twisting knobs, knobs and moving, yeah. Levers. Yeah. Yeah. That's currently possible and, and is being done right now. Wait, so you're talking about like literally like it's emulating like literally. a, a, like this behind me, this like physical synthesizer board. 100%. Um, yes. and, and manipulating. Okay. So you're yeah. not just translating the, the digital workstation, for this tool set, you're like recreating the old analog interaction yeah. of turning knobs and doing things that are more intuitive to humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very Changing cool. sound levels. Yeah. That, that, that is a real world use case yeah. for yeah. Rumi. 
Yeah. Okay. Do you, because you work from home, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you're going in and meeting with people. So do you not get that feeling of the work from home sickness, I'll call it, of like hmm. loneliness? I do. Yeah. 100% I do. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's uh, Rumi doesn't, we don't want it to replace human to human interaction. We want okay. to augment. I actually yeah. wrote a, LinkedIn article called A Virtual Theory of Connection. That was the title okay. of the article I wrote yeah. talking about this exact topic. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Wait, you're yeah. saying you do like you you do you you I do get lonely. You do get lonely. <laughs> I do get lonely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody gets these are these are problems that are it's not like specific to rooming. Yeah. Like, this is just a VR like an yeah. issue with using VR as like a remote solution. Well it's not in even just general VR. and work. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's we both work working. remote. It's remote yeah. working. Yeah. What's interesting is that remote working, I would say, is rapidly becoming the norm. It, it, totally. it is yeah. a, definitely a growing portion of the the workforce. Mm-hmm. That's why like co-working spaces are yeah. becoming such a big thing in urban areas. Co-working spaces will become co-living spaces. They will become co-working. I mean, there's yeah. already some experiments going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'll yeah. become co-everything, right? Mm-hmm. That That's going to legitimately... It's going to become like, hey, let's co-cook a meal together. Yeah. Right? So it's all that's all going to happen. But um, so one thing... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, no, no. no. I, I'm just... I'm, I'm thinking about... Because like that is very much the case for people that live in cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And I was I was going through a different uh, article and then a podcast on this topic recently as well. That there's actually a growing portion of the population that are deciding to move away from cities mm-hmm. um, as things are changing, and that is something that remote work is also enabling. Is that you could work a job um, that is maybe based in a city or that you used to have to commute to a city to do. And now you can, as long as you have an internet connection, <laughs> you can go yeah. live out in the country or like anywhere you want in an area where the economy is different and still do a job at some sort of big tech company or whatever. Yeah. There, there's no reason you can't do it. So we actually have an entirely 100% remote workforce at Rumi, yeah. Dockhead Simulations, but the company's, the company's Dockhead Simulations, the product is uh-huh. Rumi. Um, we have uh, people that work for us all over the world and we encourage them to be, to embrace the digital nomad lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we, we have requirements like you have to have an eight meg up, down minimum up, down Wi-Fi uh-huh. connection minimum. You have to be in a relatively quiet space so we can have meetings. Yeah. You, know, you have to have headphones. Can always be from cafes. Be, yeah. I can always be from I mean, cafes. I try working from a Starbucks. It's like working from a nightclub. Jay is always oh, in cafes. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. Uh, Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's ridiculous. There, there is a sort of gray area right now where, um, if you are someone that doesn't want to shell out several, at least several hundred dollars a month um, on top of rent to have a reserved office or even a floating desk mm-hmm. at a place like WeWork um, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also like maybe you just don't want to be working from home all the time um, because I just go crazy if I'm always working at my desk and I never go anywhere yeah. um, during the day for that reason. Yeah. You, there's not really a solution that is in in between those two extremes of like, well, I either go to cafes or I pay several hundred dollars a month for WeWork. Yeah. So I feel I like I have a solution. What's that? It's well, <laughs> not into to Ruby's horn, but it's like you go into a virtual space and and you can play like sounds of cafes where it feels like you're in a cafe, mm-hmm. and then you can shut that off. When you actually have to have a meeting, because no joke, because I need those certain white noise like yeah. that, mm-hmm. 
but I also can't listen to music when I'm working on things. I literally mm. play cafe sounds on my computer. I do that sometimes. Yeah, so that yeah, I don't I do that yeah, Although, go there's, crazy. There's yeah. no attachment to the cafe uh, scene for me. It's I think that's actually more that because of this sort of section of freelance workers and remote workers that don't want to pay for that. So they're being cheap, as I'm being cheap about this, and I don't want to shell out for WeWork. So I'm going to work out of cafes. And cafes are now, like, especially in Seattle, just this huge scene for remote workers. Yeah. There's always like totally. 20 people with laptops <laughs> open, any Starbucks or any, even all the, the family-owned cafes around town. They're screaming into their, like, video yeah. chat I, that's I am, frozen. Like, that's I, I want there to be a space that is, like, a, a tear down or just a little bit more for people that are a little bit more flexible mm-hmm. than necessarily need a dedicated desk at a WeWork um, so that they can go and, and and work at places like that rather mm-hmm. than having to go populate all the cafes. It's like when internet cafes were a thing. Mm-hmm. It makes me think yeah. of that. Like there would be VR sort of headsets and computer areas. I don't know. Obviously yeah. the yeah. library was supposed general... to be that, but the libraries are. Oof. Yeah. There's also just not enough libraries. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, their, their business model is not really this. Yeah. Like doesn't, not right. conducive to having that yeah. many. Let's not get into that. I've had some traumatic experiences oh, at the library. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's just because we're at a weird sort of transitory air, um, mm-hmm. point in time with with the growing nomadic workforce yeah. that the need hasn't been met yet. I think there's a whole market there. Agreed. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. There's there, Well, there are um, people doing, I don't know what it's called, but I know they're doing like home shares where they're saying, hey, I don't want to shell out all of this money on top of rent and mortgage and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I'm living in this great space and I have, uh, like maybe someone has a giant house and they have a downstairs family room. Yeah. And people are legitimately having people work from there. Yeah, just like house jumping. <laughs> Basically, yeah, like come work from my house. Is yeah. that what you meant by co-living? Co- no, no, no. Co-living okay. would be like uh co- literally like I'm going to pay to co-live in this like technically think of it like a hostel type environment. Okay. Um and they have those they have business hostels which are very very nice um yeah. and with for about the price of a hostel. Hmm. Never stayed in one. But Co everything will become a thing, and it is a thing. Definitely now. a growing market. It's a growing sure. market. Yeah, I mean, yeah. WeWork is already doing experience with like we we live or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we they're live. they're yeah. building spaces that are they're buying out a living space that is near the co working spaces mm-hmm. all over the world. I see. So that you okay. can go and and live there. So like you live there, and then all the people that have all these remote jobs work from that yeah. area. Yeah. And so you're going into the quote unquote office, but you're all working at different companies. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then you cook dinner together. And you cook dinner, whatever. Yeah, you cook dinner, and then you take salsa dances or whatever. You know, yeah. Yeah. Salsa I think the industry is like figuring out how do we make like a healthy and just yeah. generally like cultivating experience in that regard, mm-hmm. rather than just taking like sterile office culture and making it like you know co-working yeah. sterile right. office culture. Right. Um, the the sterile office culture is it's like the BlackBerry, right? Like it's already yeah. dead. It just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Awesome. Yeah. I so, love that. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, BlackBerry, but you know, how many yeah. people do you know that run around with a BlackBerry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know I any. actually did have one at one point. Wow. I know that may shock you. At one point. It was at always one my dad. Point, you have one, had no, one. one. No more. No yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Never had a beeper though. Do you ever miss the physical keyboard? I um, do. Yeah, I, I mean, there was there was yeah. something satisfying about having the little like 
like QWERTY. like yep. slap like sliding out keyboard. Yeah, yep. I don't think I miss anything sh- about BlackBerry to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so coming back, uh, so you said so basically, you still get lonely. <laughs> but you're but you're saying that so it's not that like this virtual world is going to replace the real world. It's mm-hmm. just that it's going to help enhance the work experience, the education experience. It's going to reduce costs and then save time so that you can live life and have human interaction outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You augment your human interactions through virtual interactions. So um, don't, why, why in the hell would you fight through a 90 minute commute to get to a job and work in a tiny cubicle with people you really don't like. Maybe some of them you do and they're great and you have a great time, but not all of them, I guarantee <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? So why would you do that? You have one life. One yeah. life. I understand making life changes are not easy. I get it, right? Yeah. But put your, your life on a path to, to, to make a change and to make your life better so that you can just slip on an HMD or pop in from a phone on a roomie, you know, or whatever, like a VR. It, well, I don't care what platform you use, you know. But, um, you know, I want you to use roomie, but as long as you use something, use something. Yeah. And take that 90 minutes. So let's say it's three hours total. Mm-hmm. And go do something like go to school to improve your life or spend time at the park with yeah. your yeah. people you actually want to be around, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you mentioned a, a, a interesting point there, too. Um, so, like, there are many different platforms that are emerging Mm -hmm. um, that are all trying to do like similar things and kind of experimenting with different forms um, of sort of VR ecosystems Mm -hmm. in this space. So like, what does that actually look like right now? I know you've spent a lot of time doing research on that (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Well, there's, there's, there's three basic types of, of uh, platforms. Yeah. I would say there are very holistically speaking, there are VR platforms yeah, there's non VR platforms and there's market incumbents. Mm-hmm. So if go ahead, I, I want to take a moment to pause and stuff because if we, this may be an audience of people that aren't necessarily in the industry. Mm-hmm. So like, if we're thinking of a VR platform, if we compare like real life, you're like interacting mm-hmm. with the world around you. Mm-hmm. That is your interfa- interface is physical reality. If for the internet, it's the browser, right? Mm-hmm. Everything you do is through a browser, or it's, or you can think of it as like the operating system for the computer. Microsoft Windows mm-hmm. is the interface for everything we do through that little frame. So for VR, Rumi and many others are building the new sort of physical or virtually physical interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, so all of these platforms are building a virtual interface to your real world interactions that are valuable interactions. Mm-hmm. So here's a real world interaction for how you work, how you go to school, how you play. We talked about Beat Saber and other games yeah. onward, um, you know, Fruit Ninja. So, <laughs> yeah. So these are all, uh, they're like portals to a virtual world to enable you to do better things in your real world. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's great tools out there like, you know, Rumi is of course the best tool that you yeah. can possibly use. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> but you know, there's, there, there's other good tools that yeah. like social tools, like uh, Pluto VR is amazing. Um, mm. Alt space VR engage, you know, immersive, uh, you know, uh, there's a really good company called university, U N I V R S I T Y university. They're doing like online education. 
um, there are options out there. So they're and, okay. So they're already focused on education as well, just in a different way. And they're more focused so. on like tutoring than anything else. Okay. Um, they are focused on tutoring. That's kind of their 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 niche, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. So my point is, there are VR, non VR, and market incumbents, you know, like Skype and Blue Jeans or whatever. And then um, yeah. So there's there are other players in mm. in the space, but. It, what virtual reality enables you to do is, like I said, augment the the real world interactions, make them more efficient. It's kind of you're in your yeah. I was gonna say you're yeah. taking out a lot of these things we have to do just because of physical Euclidean space that we have exactly. to pass through. Yeah, exactly. To get places, and then there's also the potential to like drastically enhance mm-hmm. the kinds of interactions or the ways we learn. Um, where does AR? Or just like more of a um, intermingling of these virtual environments with the existing real world fit in that sort of vision. Uh, it, it most definitely fits. Like, look, if you don't have an XR vision, you are wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> wow. Like, if you don't have, like, if you're a decision maker at any company on earth, I don't care if you're a five person company or a 5,000 or 50,000. If you don't have an XR strategy, you are wrong. And you are <laughs> stepping out the door, brother, you know, sister, yeah. like it's gone because this is the world's next computing platform. Yeah. It was like, you know, uh, maybe 19, 20 years ago, if you didn't have a mobile strategy, things, you know, the writing is on the wall. You're going to get so left behind. <laughs> you're going to get left behind. So yeah. um, you need to have a legitimate XR strategy. Now, I would say that VR, virtual reality, is not the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. It's None of them are. It's a mix. Because they're all different components of yeah. this overarching sort of uh, new layer on the world. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, 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 well put exactly. Well, well put. Um, yeah, so like AR. Uh, I need to... What AR is very good for is co-location. VR is very good for remote presence, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. kind of connecting people remotely. AR is also good for that, but it's even better for co-location. So mm-hmm. I need to mix the real world with the virtual world and place a 3D object on some, uh, on, like a virtual object on some real object, like a mm-hmm. table in my real environment. Yeah. I can do that through AR. Um, and we've already seen many examples of that. Yeah. 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 So since you have been a successful CEO in <laughs> this emerging technology and you had an XR strategy, um, what have you learned in like, what is one of the biggest lessons learned you've had in this industry that you maybe didn't expect or anticipate? Yeah, like where you're breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. figuring out what the value actually is. Yeah. So, yeah, in the XR space. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what, uh, I would say a, a great lesson is that you should understand w- not what you're – what's sorry, you should um, not focus on what's going to change in the next 10 years. Like what we're saying with XR is we're doing this because it's the next big thing. <laughs> it's the next blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. It's going to change the, the face of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What I've learned is that we in XR need to have a strategy. We should absolutely not focus on what will change. We should focus on what's not going to change in the next 10 or 20 years. Mm. What that means is how people communicate. Look, how people fall in love, that ain't going to change. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's never changed. 
Yeah. How people educate, yeah. actual like going to school is not changing. And what I mean by that is the need to learn. Learn. Yeah. The need to learn. Mm-hmm. Like what we should be doing is focusing on what's not going to change and then figure out how to apply XR technologies to the things that are just not going to change. Yeah. Mm. So you you pointed out there um, making human, like hum, the necessity of human connection, um, people, how people fall in love and kind of like the core components of what makes and enables that to happen. Yeah. Um, and then also just the necessity to continue to learn and retrain throughout life. Mm-hmm. Those are areas where... Um, having some sort of strategy to improve upon and enhance those with the technology of now or 10 years or 20 years from now. That's like the more important thing to focus on. It is. So let me give you a really specific example of that. hundred percent. Yes. To that. Um, Preach the word, my brother, because that is true. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say this, uh, think about the Japanese worker. Mm -hmm. So, Specifically, the Japanese factory worker. Mm -hmm. So the Japanese factory worker is older and they are legitimately aging out of their jobs. Mm -hmm. So the younger workers don't want those jobs. So how, how, what do we do to solve that problem? Because there's still things that are needed or services that are needed. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're going to shut down, you know, some giant multi-billion dollar, you know, multinational yeah. Japanese company. We can't just no. replace everybody with robots. Like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen because you have this human tribal knowledge that needs to be transferred to that robot. Then you need a human being to maintain the robot. Like, the robots, you know, sorry. It just raises what our purpose like or our whole yeah. utility up to a different level. Now we service the machines that we use to exactly. things. Exactly. So what XR can help with that is worker retraining, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe uh, telepresence. Mm-hmm. So I can operate a robot via telepresence through some XR technology. Yeah. You know, or I can maintain it, or I can go tour the factory floor through an augmented reality experience you know, where I can quote unquote have telepresence and tour this real world space hmm. through, you know, different technologies that allow me to virtually walk through it from my office in New York. I'm walking through a factory floor in, you know, Shenzhen, China or Tokyo, Japan or wherever it is. Yeah. Right. So uh, looking at what's not going to change the need for these companies to continue maintaining business operations. Yeah. Sorry, that ain't going to change. Yeah, and how they produce, <laughs> it's not going to change, right? They still yeah. got to make their widgets and sell their widgets. You still got to coordinate people, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what we should be doing, and and I think the Japanese uh, worker retraining programs are a good example of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, speaking of the Japanese, because you had a when we were messaging with each other, you said you're meeting with people from Japan, mm-hmm. and you just from following you online, you are all over the place. You're traveling all <laughs> over the world. You're partnering with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and related to lessons learned, have you you've just been exposed to what people, how people are globally are applying the technology and applying Rumi? Mm-hmm. Uh, is there something that you've seen there that you think most people wouldn't know about? Yeah, I think. So, good question. Thank you for asking that. Um, so, two two <laughs> answers to that. Um, my first answer is uh, when I started this company, we did start to reduce business travel and to mm-hmm. reduce the video conference to improve the video conferencing. And I thought, Oh, huzzah, I'm not going to have to hop on a plane. You know, I'm, yeah. next plane I go on is to Hawaii or the Maldives. And I'm going to be sitting on me. Uh, uh, yeah. I was like, 
you know, DJ yeah. stopped the record. Like, nope, that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have never traveled more in my entire life. Yeah. I've never traveled Interesting. more. Yeah. And <laughs> like I the opposite effect. It was the opposite effect. And I learned that I learned that, oh, we're not replacing that. We're augmenting. You know, yeah. so people are actually using us. People have what I learned is that there is a passionate, passionate desire for people to use our specific software Rumi, because I'm it's it, I'm sure it's other software, but you know, there's many other players in the market, but I'm from my personal experience, it's really yeah. yeah. They have a passionate desire when they talk to us to use our product to improve their personal lives. And what I mean by that is their personal journey, mm-hmm. their their work life. They say, look, I want to um, improve business operations by doing X, Y, Z. Like that's what I personally want to do Mm. so I can achieve these other things in my life. And it's been so amazing to learn like um, with the U.S. Air Force, they they use us to train um, their, the next generation of leaders throughout all commands. Wow. It's all commands. So, um, and they recently wrote a case study that's going to be published uh, soon at a large defense con- conference and um, showing how Rumi directly improves these people's lives mm-hmm. um, on a very personal level so that they don't need to change their, they don't need to request like a change of station to go do something else. Yeah. They can just li- li- literally fly a, you know, an F-15, F-16, you know, get off the deck, pop into an office, throw on Rumi and attend this class. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it's, it's, it's amazingly life-changing. But what I learned is that I didn't replace business travel. That did mm. not happen. It's actually increased my business travel. Mm. But what I did was that I, um, I, I helped improve the personal journeys of our customers and our customers are using us in ways that I never really planned for them to use us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. They educate us on how they use the software, yeah. which is nice. I think there were several examples over the past two, like couple hours that we've been talking Yeah, <laughs> where there was some sort of unexpected mm-hmm. use case that you then turned into a whole business pivot <laughs> yeah. like with education. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, what happened awesome. was we we have four primary market verticals because of that, mm-hmm. because of this travel and learning their stories. It opened us up to new market verticals like education is legitimately you know primary market vertical. Corporate training in the enterprise is a market vertical. Um, defense is a market vertical that we never planned on, and then um, conferences. Yeah, like Augmented World Expo used us to run different tracks in their conferences. Lethbridge College used us to world to run the world's first ever all day long conference in virtual reality. Wow. So yeah, with with tracks, with speakers. I mean, we had, you know, the CEO of Metaverse come in and give a talk. It was a game changing experience for him. It was pretty wonderful. Yeah. So, so. Well, I think it's great how flexible you have been. Like, I think given your business background and I th- unless I'm, you know, too tired. I, I feel like I remember <laughs> you even saying earlier in this conversation that you have you have to change, you know, and you have to adapt and you have to react yeah, to like what's not, going on. If you're not growing, you will fade into yeah. history. Yeah. And it really yeah. seems like, obviously, because we have that connection of just a few years ago, it's like you have grown so much mm. since then, which is insane. So obviously that has proved to be very successful for you. Yeah. What are you most proud of so far? Uh, great question, actually. Um, the one thing, I'm, the number one thing I'm most proud of is bringing education to underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that was 
like an aha moment for us that we really didn't plan on, but we all, it was very much in our DNA. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we all, all of us as founders share a very similar backstory. And um, so it's been like a very nice personal journey for us. But uh, that's been a very nice benefit is seeing students that didn't even have access to high school education mm-hmm. in Africa now go to high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they're being taught by people in America it's through crazy. Rumi. Yeah. So what's interesting is, I mean, that's a, quite a profound thing. Like, think about it. These people, through education, something we take for granted here yeah. in America, right. through simple education, now have opportunities that they just didn't have before. They didn't even exist. Didn't exist yeah. at all. Did yeah. not exist at all. Yeah. And think about one of those people could cure cancer, a cancer. They could, they could do something profound, profoundly positive in the world. Yeah. Right. And they... I'm, I'm incredibly proud of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's, that is just a powerful thing about about what VR can open up these these new pathways for people, regardless of location. It's just like you open up the sort of knowledge of like you can uh, grow your position in life or like where you can go. You can learn about this new skill set and then use that to go and do something amazing. Yeah, and they wouldn't have any access to that before. It's like yeah, Absolutely. we're we're tapping into the resources of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're you're bringing the resources of the world to people in a way that even the internet hasn't been able to really do yet because the internet is like just a mash of all of this information, mm-hmm. and it's hard to organize that and present that in a intuitive way. Mm-hmm. So it's just not as good for teaching as like giving people this visceral, real, like in person learning experience yeah Yeah. what's interesting about that statement too and that what you just said what we both just said is that um don't get me wrong we are providing the platform for educators to do these amazing things but what is what is the profound and it is profound that these these people have access to educational opportunities they didn't have before but what's even more profound is that they are teaching us Mm -hmm. they are teaching us their cultures they're teaching us how to interact they're teaching us how to be better these yeah. people who we think we're teaching i'm gonna teach you uh english history whatever yeah. no, no 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 we're giving them access to information yeah they're teaching us how to be better people in the world because these people are the kindest gentlest most amazing positive human beings mm-hmm. you would probably ever meet and i like that because the world needs more of that mm-hmm. and it yeah. drives all of us forward yeah yeah I love that. It's hard. I feel like we should end on that. I do have one more question, which is since a lot of people are struggling right now, I think, in the XR community because there was a big rise when the consumer headsets came out. There was lots of investment, and now there's a bit of a dip in in terms of, I think, people's confidence. There's like a fear of like another VR winter or something. Right, and, you know, the ham radio thing. Um, (laughs) So what do you think it is about you that has brought you to so much success in this industry? Almost like what advice would you give to people to encourage them and, and how can they help continue and stay strong yeah. and, and grow in this emerging industry? Because obviously you figured out a way like it, it had to be really hard to grow in the past three years. So I'm just curious what you think about what, what you think they could do or what you've done that helped you in that regard. Yeah, sorry. I, I will answer that question. Yeah. Looks like you have another one. 
No, I mean, I, I don't want to. It seems like you all are doing something that's not reliant on a hype cycle. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's what I was going to um, touch on. Yeah. We're going to use those exact words, but very well said. Um, so the answer for me personally is this. Do not. So first of all, don't chase the bright, shiny object. You know, you'll hear people that are constantly saying VR is dead. Bitcoin's the next thing or some <laughs> cryptocurrency or yeah. it's like, okay, you want me to chase around these bouncing balls like some salivating dog? Like, how about I have some focus and yeah. how about I just keep my focus and I keep putting one foot in front of the other because you know what I'm doing? I am following my gut. Mm -hmm. I'm not following my gut by doing some on some fool's errand. Mm -hmm. I'm evolving with market conditions. And the reason we've been able to be so successful having 7,000 institutions around the world in education, enterprise, defense, and conferences using mm -hmm. Ruby, growing by 125 institutions, not people, institutions a month, um, have monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. Um, you know, all of the positives. It's been a hard slog. Don't get me wrong at all. It's like, you know, walking naked through glass, you know, <laughs> when the world is on fire. <laughs> like, it's hard. It is, it is rough. Don't get me wrong. That's the entrepreneur, though. Whatever, you know. So, you know, it's just being an entrepreneur. But, um, having a focus and staying true to your vision and your focus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do not deviate from the path because you know what's going to happen? You're going to step off that path and boom, you're going to hit a mine. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's something that goes up in flames and bright and burns really bright for a few seconds in yes. the grand scheme. But yeah. it it comes back to what you said earlier about finding things that don't change, that are kind of like pillars of just what we need as a society, whether it's learning or like connection between people, it's things that aren't changing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're building something that is based on just a sort of flare, a spark that's temporary, it's going to go away and you're going to have a hard time surviving those sort of hype cycles of technology. Yeah. And anything new. Cause you're always chasing the bright shine. I like, I know we're getting really close, but I will, I will say this. Um, I mean, we're all, we're, yeah, we're, we're here we're, for you. We're, we can we're, take we're as much as we want. I'm just worried about everyone's like stomachs and I, I, I know. I, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I, um, Sorry, I know I could talk about this very passionately. I think we all could. For days and days and days. Yes, we all could. Obviously. Like, That's why we're yeah. here. going on for hours now, which is amazing. It doesn't feel like that way, which is great. But I will say this. I've always said that Rumi is not you – know, my company – the way I built my company is I didn't build it to be a unicorn. I mean, mm -hmm. unicorns are some – let me just quote what I've quoted myself yeah. <laughs> saying in the past <laughs> which is let me quote myself quoting is that a thing i don't know the thing i'll make it a thing <laughs> quote inception yes <laughs> quote inception <laughs> i love that make, make a meta quote here <laughs> <laughs> so meta um we are not a unicorn we're not a unicorn because i firmly believe that a unicorn is some mythical creature with zero staying power unicorns don't exist they you know <laughs> yeah we're our, my company we're a roach we are the company that survives Roach. nuclear winters. <laughs> We're going to be that. around when everybody else is long gone and burned <laughs> to the ground. We're okay. still going to be crawling around, crawling the earth. Yeah, whether yeah. it's an AI winter or a VR winter or Doesn't whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. Does uh, not matter. Fair. I like that analogy. <laughs> we are not a unicorn. We're a roach. Yeah, like yeah. don't build a unicorn, build a roach. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You're not galloping. You're crawling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't you don't know how right you are, sister. <laughs> <laughs> slow but steady wins the race that's right, that's right. Uh, well 
<laughs> Anyone else have anything to say before I cut us all off? No, no, no. It's all good. Awesome. Uh, good. Thank you for having us. This, this has been, been fun. An, this has been an awesome conversation. Yeah. Honestly, wow. Matt, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Reality Quest with Matt Jacon. If you would like to follow Matt, which wouldn't we all, because then you can watch him doing push-ups in his VR headset, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at the VR CEO. And that he is. Am I right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Or you can find their company, uh, Doghead Simulations at dogheadsimulations.com. It's as easy as that, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Um, also More if, about us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, and back to us. <laughs> uh, you, you can subscribe to us on Patreon if you love what we're doing and you want to buy us sandwiches, coffee, uh, cortados for me. What is your drink of choice at a cafe, Kelly? Ooh, ooh. Well, at Starbucks, it's a misto. A well, like a cafe au lait, basically. Cafe. Oh, okay. So, yeah, cafe au lait. In case oh, anyone's gotcha. interested. Yeah, coffee um, milk. But wait, wait. They need to first, if you want to ah, right. follow right. us, know what's going on, what platforms we're on, and find that Patreon account, mm-hmm. we are at realityquestpodcast.com. Dot com. Nice. And you can also <laughs> email us there and like let us know your thoughts, what you think, and all that stuff. Just say hi. Yeah, yeah. You can also find us on social media now at reality underscore quest. On Twitter and at Reality Quest Podcast on Instagram. Instagram. VIG. Well, yeah. <laughs> big gulps. So, thanks for listening to See you this later. episode. <laughs>